Good morning, everybody. Take two here on the Batter Round. I'm Paul Valley. He's Zach Goodman. We're here live from our studios in Towson to bring you another edition of the Batter Round. Today's show brought to you by PressBox Offers. Go to PressBoxOnline.com slash offers now and get $150 in bonus bets from DraftKings after placing your first $5 bet. See this and other great sportsbook offers at PressBoxOnline.com slash offers. Zach, good morning to you. Good morning. A little bit of technical difficulties oh, there. Always but, something. But always we, something. We, we, called, uh, we called our old pal Griffin, and we were able to uh, get everything start. sorted. And Apparently, you know, so when these, when these programs restart in the middle of the night, they often change settings that we have no idea how to how to go about it. So Griffin's seen this enough well, times where um, we have no idea. We have no idea. Gr- Griffin, Griffin does. Gr- Griffin knows. I used he, to have an idea, but I forgot. Gr- Griffin's here every day, so he he knows the uh, he knows the ropes with this. But we got the setting figured out and found. So we're good to go. Figured out, found, and up and running. Orioles not up and running last night. Mustered just two hits in the ball game, losing to the Tampa Bay Rays three to nothing. Zach Eflin, seven innings of two hits shutout. Like ball. his best start of the year. The be- hit maybe his best start ever. He was absolutely fantastic <laughs> yeah. last night. Kyle Bradish, you know, it, to me, there was a lot of a lot of hard contact, but he wiggled out of trouble. I don't think he had his best stuff last night, but that's what an ace of your staff does. And make no mistake about it, Kyle Bradish is the ace of this staff. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, six innings of two run ball. He gives up just the six hits, one walk, five strikeouts to, and al- in allowing those two earned runs. Team collects two hits, one walk, strikes out 14 times, including 10 times looking. And now look, I understand that the strike zone was not great last night. I get it. Lots of low strikes. Calls. Oh, yeah. It seemed like espe- especially on the Orioles. And no, the, the people that, that say, well, you don't want to change your approach— yeah, you, you don't want to get yourself into a bad habit of swinging at bad pitches, but you've also got to understand that these pitches are close enough mm-hmm. that with two strikes in a close ball, you got to be hacking. Well, there's some guys in the lineup, and I'm talking to you, Colton Kowser, that were taking pitches that are were, were pretty pretty right there. And there, there were a, a few guys, but more specifically, Gunnar Henderson, I think, took a few low strikes that just really were questionable. Ryan Mountcastle, yeah. same thing. A few really low strikes that were really questionable. So it was kind of mixed up and down the lineup, but I, I wouldn't say... It was a very low strike one, zone last night. One of the biggest irritants uh, when I'm watching baseball games is watching an Orioles hitter fall behind 0-1, mm-hmm. and then on 0-2, and then on 0-1, they take a fastball right down the sheet yeah. and don't swing. And that, Austin that, Hayes used to do that constantly. Adam, he he still, still does, he, does, there's yeah. no use to, he still does it. Yet, last night in particular, there was a sinker um, that was a foot inside, and, and Hayes was ripping away, and he obviously swung right through it, because how, how do you hit a pitch that's at your knee, that's literally at your actual knee, right? Next pitch, inside corner, clearly a strike. And he does. He's not swinging, right? Mm-hmm. But that's not the one I'm talking about. Adam Frazier was down 0-1, and he took a fastball right down the middle, about chest high at 94 miles an hour, not swinging. And now you're in an 0-2 hole. You've already gotten the best pitch, the most hittable pitch that you're going to get in the at bat. And, and it's just it was a microcosm for the evening. Yeah. Um. At some point, you've got to say, "Look, I cannot strike out looking again." Yeah, I've got to give my team a chance. Right, uh, Ryan O'Hearn uh, uh, in in the last at bat of the game, 
You just watched two guys strike out looking. Swing the bat. And I'm not just singling him out. Everybody, no, no, nobody swung the bat last night. Everybody on the team. I, I, I put out a tweet joking around last night saying, I think the Orioles' offensive strategy on Saturday should be to swing sometimes. Yeah. The, uh, I have never seen... It was it was mind-numbing. Yeah. How, but how, how does a team collectively strike out 10 times looking? And to put it on a more individual focus, <laughs> I think Colton Cowser is struggling with the same thing that Gunnar Henderson was oh, struggling it's, it's with early in the year. Yeah, yeah. Where it's... You're a patient hitter in the minor leagues, but in the minor leagues, it's easier to hit bad pitches than it is at the major league level. That's just simply the truth. Colton Kowser and Gunnar Henderson struggle with the same thing where they're being, frankly, too patient. It's great to be patient. It's great to get on base at a 350 level, especially at the AAA level, which what those guys were doing. And Colton Kowser was more like 400 at the AAA level. But at the major league level, it's not always going to transfer and translate to that. So he's got to be less patient. Got to get the and bat off his shoulder and swing at pitches that are actually good strikes. I think that it's also, it's not so much, it's not being overly patient. They're guessing. Yeah. Well, sure. Gunnar yeah. Gunner Henderson, we saw the first month and a half, was guessing mm-hmm. up there. And that's why he, he's taking pitches. I, I think he has no idea what's coming. Right. All right. And that's why he was so late on fastballs to start the season. It's the same thing with Kowser. He's whiffing through 94. He's, yeah. he, he has yeah. no idea what's coming. Right. He's going to break out of it. Oh, yeah. He's, he's, he's going to. And, you know, if he does it in the same fashion that Gunnar Henderson did, he's going to be breaking out of it right for the home stretch. You know, I, I think one of the things is that when you're struggling like this, you almost become afraid of striking out. You don't want to be the guy who's striking out because then if you do that four times a game, people are going to start to jump on your back more. In case, you know, if you're popping the ball up, flying out, whatever, and you're not getting on base, that's one thing. But if you're striking out, and I think guys become afraid of that. I think Gunner was afraid of that. I think Colton Cowser right now is afraid of that. Yeah. So he just sits up there and, and hopes to take pitches and get ahead in the count. That's what I think is happening. Of uh- uh, well, to some degree, I don't know the professional hitters are ever afraid of striking out. I think I, I, when you're trying to make an impression on the team like Colton Cowser is right now, but I don't. I mean, it's human nature, right? It's human nature yeah. when to when you join a new team, you get promoted, you want to make an impression. So yeah. I get that there is that 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 human element to it. Um, but he also they know that they're there for a reason. Yeah, you know, and Colton Cowser has been a good hitter his entire life. He's gonna figure sure. it out. You know what I mean? I don't know that he's afraid of striking out. I think he just he he's hitting. He, he's facing pitching that's harder than anything he's ever faced. And we, oh, saw, and we saw last year when he got to AAA how much he struggled at the when when he got there, mm-hmm. and he figured it out this yep. year. the The same thing's happening to him at the big league level. It's I don't think it's going to take till next year for him to figure it out. He's got the big league hitting coaches working with him every single day. Yeah, he's got to play every day because Cedric Mullins is out and. Cedric Mullins' injury, we they thought that he might not have to go in the IL. Now it's a four to eight week injury, and yeah. he when he was talking in his interview two days ago, he said um, that he hopes to be back before the end of the season. Yep. And so now it's like, how did this become? We don't even know that he has to go on the IL, and now it's I hope to be back right. before the end of the season, which yeah. could be a huge coup for the Orioles down the line. Getting a guy like Cedric Mullins back for your playoff run, who's going to be fresh too, but. That's neither here nor there. That's something we can talk about down the road. But Kowser's going to have to play every single day. The bat's going to come around. Sure. It's going to come around. And when it does, it's going to be so much better for the Orioles because he'll be able to take... It's going to be like maybe Gunnar Henderson light. I don't know because Gunnar has... I think Gunnar has more power, although we did see Kowser hit that 476-foot bomb in spring training. But the the talent's there. It's going to come around. I'm not concerned 
at all. Also not concerned about uh, Shintaro Fujinami. He, uh, the Orioles trade for him. They trade Easton Lucas for Fujinami. He, if you recall, Easton Lucas came over for Jonathan VR following, following the 2019 season. Posted a um, 293 ERA, 11.3 Ks per nine between AA and AAA this year. He goes over to the Athletics. In return, the Orioles get Mount Fuji. He stands six foot six, hits 102 with his fastball, upper 90 splitter. Had an 8.57 ERA at the time of the acquisition. It's nine with the Orioles. Yeah. Um, 14.40 ERA after his first four major league appearances. All starts, all losses. Moves to the bullpen. 3-3-2 ERA since May 27th, 293 with one walk, 17 Ks in 13 outings, covering 15 and the third innings pitched since June 13th, excluding last night's outing. First pitch he throws in the north. I felt so freaking bad for him. Oh, I did too. The first pitch he throws from 99 outer third, and uh, Jose Siri just wallops. Uh, he ambushed him. Yeah. Wallops a home run over the left field fence to make it three nothing, and then uh, Fujinami. The next two, the next three batters, he gets him out in dominating fashion. Yeah. I believe he had two Ks in there and uh, looked like a guy who's going to be an elite arm for the Orioles. I was so pleasantly surprised at the Twitter sphere's reaction to this. I thought people yeah. were going to be coming. Apparently, people on Facebook came after him. Well, but yeah, it's Facebook. <laughs> uh, people on Twitter, though, they watched the game. They didn't overreact. They saw that he got. It was a good pitch that he just got ambushed on, and then he was dominant. And if he's going to be the guy that got the next three guys out, that's going to be huge for the Orioles moving down. Uh, I like this acquisition because he's the exact type of arm that the Orioles over the last two years have helped flourish. And you yeah. look, look no further than Felix Bautista and Yenier Cano, right. uh, who have come to this system, maybe a little bit erratic, uh, throw hard, but they have the, the stuff that's just incredible. And now they're elite relievers. I didn't see him throw a bad pitch. Yeah, I, I really didn't. That entire inning. I mean, the the Jose Siri home run was ninety nine point four miles per hour on the outside corner. That's just Jose Siri being a good hitter and knowing what's coming. You and know, that, you talked about the Orioles hitters guessing. He wasn't guessing. He knew what was coming and he got it. Yeah, and that's and, and he made him pay. That's um, and that's what Jose Siri does. Yeah, it's either a home run or nothing. Yeah, he's not. Great. <laughs> yeah, he's not. A, he's not a good hitter. No, I, he, he can hit a fastball. Yeah, and he's a good center fielder, a very yeah. athletic guy. But look, I, I again, the, the splitter was at ninety three, ninety four. It looked excellent. Looked mm-hmm. every bit as good as Felix Bautista's splitter. It was really, really quite good. The fastball, if he's going to live at ninety nine hundred, he. I saw him hit one hundred two. I think it was the second pitch hit one hundred two. I'll take that every day. This is a live arm, an electric arm. A guy who's got really good stuff. The slider looked really good. He didn't throw any for strikes, I don't think. I don't believe he threw a slider for a strike. But it looked like he might be able to to actually use that for strikes at another time. Well, it and, didn't look like he... Here's the thing. With a slider, with a really good slider... It's going to break out of the zone. And you don't need to throw it for a strike. Sure. You need to throw it so yeah. it looks like it's going to be a strike till it is. Exactly. And that, but, those, that's a competitive 0-2 pitch. So so to rephrase, he didn't get a swing on the slider yesterday. Yeah. I, I don't believe he did, at least. And then the splitter, again, the splitter fastball, that's kind of his bread and butter, I think. Again, kind of like that Felix Bautista profile, as you just mm-hmm. mentioned. The Orioles have done great things with those kind of profiles. Yanir Cano is not that much different. Pretty similar. It's a really good pickup. I think second to the Kyle Bradish trade, where Michael Elias got Dylan, you know, Kyle Bradish for Dylan Bundy, who was at that point kind of a washed up nobody. 
Um, I mean, he did he did pitch really well for uh, for, a couple, for the Angels after that. Trade. A couple months he did for yeah. for, for the twenty twenty season. He was really good. A, a couple months he pitched pretty well. But you look at Kyle Bradish and now he's arguably a number one pitcher. In, yeah. in oh, this he, he's, he, he's he's quite good. He's the ace of the staff. Right. So behind that trade, I think this is one of the best trades Michael Elias has made because you're getting so. I mean, you're giving up nothing. Easton Lucas is having a good year in AAA, but he's like twenty six. Yeah, and he's rule five and, eligible. And, yeah, he's not that much of a, a player. I mean, Fujinami's 29, so... Fujinami's 29, but he pitched really well in Japan for <laughs> a number of years, and then, you know, right now he's been on a stretch for about a month and a half, two months, that's been really quite good. So it's a very yeah. high-reward, uh, high low-risk signing, and, and I like that. Yeah, I, I, I like the move, and I think it's... um. If, if if we were expecting the Orioles to go out and get one of those big-name relievers, I don't know that you can expect that. Right. Right, because... um. How much are you going to have to give up for a Scott Barlow or a Jordan Hicks or yeah. um, uh, insert name here, uh, like a Kyle Finnegan, right? Yeah. But you went out and you got a guy who you can turn into something that's elite. Now, he's a uh, he's a free agent after this year. He's on a $3 million, was it, $3.2 million? $3.25, yeah. Uh, million dollar contract. Um, like I said, it expires at the end of the year. And this is a guy that the Orioles, if, if he's really good for them, maybe they can sign him for next year and it won't yeah. cost him a ton of money. Um, and then you look at... Um, I guess you kind of want to want to see what they're going to do from here. Are they going to get another reliever? Do they need to go get another reliever? Um, Cienel Perez was really good last night, and when he came back in his last outing, it was his first outing back. There's probably some nerves there, saying, "You know what? I got to prove that I belong here again." Um, he was really good last yeah. night. If Cienel, if that's Cienel Perez, you know, I, I need to see him do it a couple more times. He's going to get yeah. three or four more opportunities before the deadline. Um. I think that the Orioles may be able to turn their focus towards a starting pitcher. I would hope so. You know, yeah. and so then it becomes, who are they going to go after? To because the, the rumors out there that the Orioles are talking to to teams about starting pitching, and yeah. you're not going to go out and try and get uh, who's a, who's a pitcher who would be. Uh, I would think a Michael Lorenzen would not be the type of pitcher that the Orioles should go after. I wouldn't. Really because you've be. <laughs> already got three of those guys in your rotation. M- Mitch Keller is a guy you're maybe thinking of. They wouldn't. It, it, they're not going to be able to get Mitch Keller. Well, no, no, no. I'm, when, I, when I'm saying who, who, who's a guy, I'm talking about like a guy that you wouldn't want. A guy that oh, that, a guy you wouldn't. A, want. a guy that doesn't oh. improve your team. That's available. That people keep talking about. I, to me, that's Michael Lorenzen. You've already got that guy. I I will say, you know, Eduardo Rodriguez has pitched well for for a few years now. Actually, quite quite a while. But I'm not sure, based on he kind of left the Tigers for a little while. There were some things going on. He's been injured over the years. I'm not sure I want that. I'm not sure I'm so on board for Eduardo Rodriguez. Yeah. I don't know. It, 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 it's like a... Is is Lucas Giolito a guy that you think is a guy you can slot at the top of your rotation? What are his numbers this year? Because last year... His, his ERA is about like 3.6, three, 3.7. Three, He's having a decent year. Um, but... Is Glenn, that, Glenn's calling me back, so I'm just going to quickly answer this. And no, uh, no, don't, don't answer it. Just hit ignore and text. Him. Shoot him a text. That yeah, you don't need good. to. Te- right. You don't need to answer him while we're on the while we're on the air. Well, I want to tell him what's going no, on. No, you, you, pro- you can text him or call him during the break. We don't have to answer while we're on, while we're on the I'll air. I'll shoot him a text. Um, but yeah, the, the, Lucas Giolito is having a fine season. Is he a guy who that you can look at and say that's an ace? I don't think he is. I think if you're looking to get an ace, if you're looking to, go- to get a guy that that puts you over the top, that guy's got to be Marcus Stroman. That guy's got to be yeah, it, it, Sonny Gray. It's got to be somebody. I mean, you're looking at him. Oh, he, he's Lucas Giolito is six and six with a three nine six ERA. Okay. Right. Um, he's allowed twenty home runs, so that's not good. 
Uh, he's got 122 strikeouts to 39 walks. So the 39 walks, that's good. You like to see that. It's less than two walks per inning. He's got a 1198 uh, whip uh, in 116 innings pitched. So he's on pace to probably set a career high for for um, innings pitched this year. I, I'll take it, but here's my problem with this. That division. Like, yeah. I, I think a lot of these numbers are probably skewed by the fact that he plays Cleveland, he plays Kansas City, he plays the Twins. These are not good lineups for the right. most part. Lineups that have really not hit all, all year. So the numbers, he faces the AL East, the numbers are probably going to be jacked up by quite a bit. Yeah, I um, I would tend to agree with you there. I These numbers, by the way, are kind of similar to what Cole Irvin came over with, and Cole Irvin has significantly... Um, struggled more against the AL East than he did in the AL West because I, I think it's, that, it's better bats. I think that you can um yeah, I think that you can uh, you can say with confidence that um uh Giolito is a better pitcher. Than, oh yeah, than, I think than, so. Than, than Cole Irvin. So that 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 stuff doesn't really bother me. I just don't think you've seen enough consistency with um with Giolito this year or or for that matter, his entire career. He went from being a Cy Young candidate a couple of years ago to having the near 5 ERA yeah. last year, and then this year his ERA is right around 4. That's not a guy, in my opinion, that puts the Orioles over the top. You want to put the Orioles over the top, you got to go out and get yourself, like I said, a Marcus Stroman. I think yeah, Eduardo, well. and, and, and Eduardo Rodriguez puts you in that air, honestly. Um You're not getting Corbin Burns because the Brewers are in first place. Um You're... I don't really think that – are you going to go out and get Alex Cobb or, or Anthony DeSclafani? Probably not because the, the, Giants no are, interest. Are, uh, the Giants are leading the wild card. Are you going to be able to get Shane Bieber from the Cleveland Guardians? One, he's on the injured list. And two, they're, uh, they're only two games back in the division. So there's not going to be a ton of starting pitching options out there for you. Can you go get Verlander from the Mets? Is that somebody you want to bring in? Uh, because the Mets, they're 18 games out of first place. They're six games under 500. Buck's getting fired at the end of the year if he's not get, if he doesn't get fired during right. I, I have to believe that their season is just about over. Can you go get? I mean, Max Scherzer's got a three nine nine ERA, but he you're, they're not going to trade him. They just signed him. Uh, well, no, he and Verlander are basically the same guy at this point. Can you get a Justin Verlander? Can you get a Max Scherzer? Um, would they be willing to part with a Kodai Senga? Um, I don't know. I, my my attention is really focused on Marcus Stroman. That's the guy I want. I just and, don't think it's happening. Uh, well, you know, the, the Orioles have more to give than anybody else, and if you're gonna, you could give up somebody who's never gonna play for you. Joey Ortiz is never gonna be the Orioles' starting shortstop. He yeah. has at this is his best opportunity to be their starting shortstop, and he's not. So he's never gonna play for you. Yeah. Connor Norby may never play for you. Um, Cesar Prieto is never going to play for you. Uh, you could trade all possible. You could trade all three of those guys, and maybe uh, 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 an Arm Brewster or a Cade Povich, and get yourself Cody Bellinger and Marcus Stroman for the stretch run here, and that puts you over the top. That absolutely puts you over the top. And your package that you're offering those guys instantly become the top prospects in the Cubs organization. You're able to give up guys who aren't going to see the field for you at the big league level. And your package is still better than what any other team is going to offer. Because no, no team's going to offer their number one overall prospect for Marcus Stroman. They're not going to do that when, when he's a rental. But the Orioles can offer their number seven, and their number 11, and their number 17 prospect and pull off a trade like that. 
I don't believe it because well, I haven't seen the Orioles do it. So until the, until they do until they make a move like this, I'm not gonna have reason to believe they're gonna make one. And that's and that's fair. Like I I, I want to, but the reason that you've never seen it is because the Orioles have never been here. Right, under but, this but let me let me explain what I mean. Shintaro Fujinami, I think, is the perfect Orioles move. That's the move that Mike Elias is going to like making. He didn't give up basically anything, and he got, not, you, he got high reward out no, of it. No, I understand. High, it's high reward, but for very low risk. I That's the kind that, of moves they're going to make. Well, that move doesn't put you over the top. No, it, no, does, but it, it doesn't. If you're looking to acquire a starting, pitch, a starting pitcher, and everybody knows that the Orioles are looking for starting sure. pitching right now, he's not going to be able to pull a rabbit out of the hat at this no, deadline he's, he's not. to do that. But again, so, I, if he's looking for a starting pitcher that's going to be better than anything that they have right now, then it's not going to happen. I, so, I, so I don't I, disagree. I, I cannot imagine that this guy, that, that Mike Elias is even attempting to pull a rabbit out of the hat right now in that situation because it's not going to happen. So for me, if you're actually serious, if you're actually serious about getting a starting pitcher, then he, Mike Elias knows it's going to take giving up a package and if you're giving you if you're giving up a package that's never going to play for you, what's the holdup? I'm totally in agreement with you here. I'm just projecting what I think Michael Elias might do, and I think they might make more moves like uh, completely under the radar moves, such as Fujinami. I think that's the kind of moves they. Yeah, uh, but those that that, that we're, we're we're saying the same thing again. It's not an under. I, I know you're not going to get an under the radar move that's going to have an impact after this. For a middle well, for, for a lever like Fujinami, yes. For a starting pitcher or for a bat. No, that's not going to happen. It's, well, it, we're, 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 we're running in circles Look here. at what the Orioles have done with Cano. You would never have thought last year that Cano might have made an impact this year like the way but he again, has. But again, he's a reliever. But we're talking about a starting pitcher. You, I understand that. They, they can't make a, a low-risk, high-reward move for a starting pitcher that's going to impact them and get them over the hump in this division and for a playoff run. That's not going to happen. I don't know if we know that 100%. No, we 100% know that, Zach. That's not going to happen. Who are you gonna? Who are you gonna get? Well, I'd have to look into the numbers more. But who, what starting pitcher that would be available? And I'm not. I'm not coming at you. I'm just trying to get you to think logically here. What starting pitcher are you going to get at the deadline that's going to slot at the top of your rotation and be able to start game one of a playoff series for a hill of beans? I, I don't. Nobody. Think, I, I don't think that's possible. But I do. I, again, you're not going to pull out a number one a starter out of that. But you can pull a guy out who's going to help you. And I think that's what they're going to try to do. Shintaro Fujinami is not a top, you know back end closer with you know with the stuff of Felix Bautista and the 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 experience of Bautista in that role either. But he's a guy who can definitely help you in those middle relief innings. And I think they're going to try to find someone like that in the starting pitching role. They can't. I don't think Marcus Stroman is 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 realistic. That, that I just don't. The 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 person that you're talking about. That's why why I'm trying to get you to think logically. That person doesn't exist. There's not a starting pitcher that. Then the gonna, Orioles are not going to make a move like well, that. Well, exactly. If if you're trying to find a guy who isn't a big name yet that's going to help you in your rotation, there's no point because you already have four of those guys. You mm -hmm. already have that yeah. guy in your starting rotation. Don't make a move. It's 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 a lateral move. But the Kyle Gibson move, signing him for eleven million in the offseason, is a guy they they thought they could turn around, and they somewhat have. I mean, he's having a better year than he did last year with the Phillies, and in arguably a tougher hitting division than what the the Phillies play in um, in the NL East. I I think that is the kind of guy, the veteran, who maybe they can try to try to get one more good season out of or, or squeeze something else out of is what they're going to try to do that that's again my point and maybe that's the wrong move i, I, I agree with you i'd love to see marcus stroman and oriel i just don't know but, that michael Elias is going to go there see the, and that's the thing if they're not going to trade for that guy 
it's either they're going to go get an elite starting pitcher mm-hmm. or they're not making a trade for a starting pitcher. That's what I'm trying to get through to you is they're not going to look for that guy like a Kyle Gibson because they already have that guy. Well, They have like three of those guys. If you get Desclafani, actually, let me, let me back up. If you get Jordan Montgomery, I think he's like a solid three or four in a, in a rotation, and that Jordan, would be doing but, that but, would be adding to your rotation. I think that's a good move, a proju- a productive move. Right, but Jordan Montgomery is his. He's got an ERA in the low threes. There's one Oriole that yeah, has an, that, that has an ERA there. That's to me, that's a legitimate move. Jordan okay. Mon- Jordan Montgomery isn't the guy that you're describing. Jordan Montgomery is a solid number two. You're describing a guy that's a, that's at his height. A number three. Well, I guess but, he's the number two in the Orioles, but I wouldn't say he's the number two league-wide. I mean, a, a guy that can give you six innings of one run ball, one to two run ball every time out, that, that, that's a good pitcher. Yeah, he's a good you know, pitcher. You know what yeah. I mean? But the, the Orioles, the, the pitcher that you're thinking that the Orioles, that, that Michael Elias would go after, is essentially Dean Kramer, Cole Irvin, or Kyle Gibson. They already have those guys. I mean, they acquired two of them this offseason. So that's the that's the data I'm going off of. Right. That's what I'm just trying right. to say. But that was after being four games over 500. Yeah. They're 20 yeah. games over 500 and tied for first place in the toughest division in baseball. That move doesn't make sense right now because that doesn't make you any better. It doesn't make you any better. Well, let me ask you this then. And I know, do we have to get a rest of us on the phone? I, I think? texted my okay, okay. little bit. I, I, do you think Kyle Gibson has made the Orioles better this year? He had a nice eight or nine start stretch where he did. Mm-hmm. He's made them better than what Jordan Lyles would have done. Yeah, but I, I agree think with that. You, you can make an argument that Jordan Lyles was better last year. Uh, uh, Jordan Lyles. Yeah, maybe, maybe. I I don't I don't trust. But Kyle. he certainly has him in this year. Well, yeah, worst team, worst coaching staff. I mean, but also I, worst division. Worst, I, worst I saw somebody tweet out last night that the Kansas City Royals have been really bad for five years and have picked in the top 10 yeah, for yeah. the top ten in the draft for five years, and they have zero top 100, 100 yeah. prospects. So that, that, that organization is not really run that well, and you can see why Jordan yeah. Lyles with a 7 ERA and 12 losses um, and just one win. Um, but I, I think Kyle Gibson has done what you asked him to do, but I don't think anybody expected him to make the Orioles better this year. The Orioles yeah, are better I wouldn't, I wouldn't because, say I would have predicted because that. Tyler Wells and Kyle Bradish took that next step in their rotation, mm-hmm. and Felix Bautista is a, a, a dark horse Cy Young candidate as your closer. Uh, Yenier Cano came out of nowhere. Gunner and Adley are leading this team. That's why the Orioles are better are better this year. Well, let me put it another way then, and, and I'll get them on the phone after this, but let me put it another way. The right now, they don't really have a fifth starter. Grayson Rodriguez might be that guy. He pitched okay last time out. It wasn't terrible. He gave up going four today. runs. He's going today. Um, Cole Irvin's kind of been moved to a bullpen role. That fifth starter spot, if it's not Grayson Rodriguez, is wide open. Wide open. So if you add a guy of the level of Kyle Gibson and just, like like I said, try to squeeze just a little more out of him, maybe he's a veteran in his late 30s, whatever it is, that's still, to me, a productive addition to this team because we don't know what we're going to get out of Grace Rodriguez for the next two months. Well, and I think that that's why I, I think it was a very um, strategic move for them to call, him, call Grayson up last week when they did. Sure. Because now he's going to get two or three starts before you before the deadline gets here, maybe four before the deadline gets here, and now you're going to be able to see is this a guy who's going to help us in our rotation? Mm-hmm. And yeah, he gave up four runs. He didn't give up four runs. Well, right, Brian Baker. Br- did, Brian Baker yeah. gave up a grand slam yeah. with two outs after going o two to Hayward and walking him, and then going o two and throwing right. the same pitch five times in a row. 
to Will to um to Chris Taylor who deposited for a grand slam. Uh, that's on Brian Baker. It's on Jordan Hicks for jumping for a, a ball that had no bit. He had, he didn't need to jump for. When he jumped, he then tried to catch the ball like at mid rib level. Yeah, and it goes for a triple. And Adam Frazier doesn't make a play that every major league second baseman should have made in the fourth inning. Then that guy ended up scoring with two outs. Yeah, that Grayson Rodriguez, in my estimation, should have been pitching in the sixth inning with a shutout. But instead. His final line says, oh, he gave up four runs in five innings because his defense let him down, and then his, his bullpen couldn't hold. Mm-hmm. That's why yeah. Grayson Rodriguez's line looks like that. What Grayson Rodriguez was doing, 100, 101 miles an hour, down in the zone, hitting the corners, that was the best I've seen his stuff. It was the best. I, I think year. it was his best start. You know, Really, again, just kind of killed by Brian Baker and what, what he came in and did. But I also... The one other thing about Grayson that we have to consider here is that he's not going to throw that many innings this year. And that's, yeah, he'll probably be shut down at some point. Um, they're, I, they're not going to shut him down. They're going well, to limit his innings. He's still My, 23. Yeah. I, they're worried about what he. Mike Elias has even. He, Mike Elias has said, we want these. We want to monitor these guys' innings so we don't have to shut them down. Oh, okay. Well, then, okay. So he's going to pitch. Probably yeah. if he starts, though, that's you're, you're guaranteeing four innings and not much more. Well. But he also said that there's no real data that suggests that a lot. He said this at the beginning of the year. That he said that there's no real data that suggests that a certain number of innings is a limit for a guy that where you have to shut him down. So I think they're going to play take it as a, on a case by case basis. I don't know that they're going to be shutting anybody down. I think that that the Nationals did that in 2012 with Steven Strasburg, and I thought that was so stupid. It was so stupid because he was clearing away their best pitcher, and it cost them in the playoffs. And yeah. I don't, I don't think that the Orioles should be in the business of shutting anybody down, uh, especially when you have this opportunity. You don't get many opportunities to be a legitimate World Series contender. Yeah. I, I can't imagine that Michael Elias is going to say in mid-August, "All right, Grayson, you're done for the year." They're not going to do that. They're not, they're gonna, they, well, they, they'll, move, they'll move him to the bullpen, and maybe that's why they're going to go and acquire a, a, another starter. We got to call Arrestus. Give give Arrestus a call. I want to address the Shohei Otani rumors. The Orioles could put the, together the best package possible for Shohei Otani, and st- without and still give up the least, considering what they have in their system. It ain't happening, guys. They're not going to be trading for Shohei Otani because he's not signing here. He's a two month rental, and you can get a lot more. It's hard to say you can get a lot more. He's the best freaking player in the world. But it, it to me, it doesn't make a lot of sense to give up half of your farm system for a guy that's only going to be here for two years, for for two months, maybe th- hopefully three, if he's getting you deep into the playoffs. And let's not forget that Otani has his last four starts. He has not been good. Yeah, last night he went six and a third. He struck out nine. He gave up four home runs to the Pittsburgh Pirates. Gave up five runs. Uh, I love Shohei Otani. If the Orioles found a way to get him here for two and a half, three months, it would be freaking awesome. I'm not holding my breath. I'm not holding my breath. This is Zach. Zach is like they. They have to prove to me they're going to go out and get a guy like a like a Marcus Stroman. I think they they could do something like that. Getting Shohei Otani, it ain't happening. That's not happening in Baltimore. D- definitely not happening. Uh, no. We no. We would we would love it. You get the best player in the world on the team with the best record in the American League for the final t- two months of the season, then a playoff run. Oh my God, we'd be running nude in the streets. But it ain't happening. It ain't happening. 
With that in mind, he used to cover the Rays for Fox Sports Florida. He is now an ambassador for the, uh, I'm sorry, the Cebu Lions in the Jap. I almost called them the Nebu Lions for the Cebu Lions in the uh, Japanese league. He is Orestes Destrade, and he is joining us live on the Batteround. Orestes, welcome back to the show. Thanks so much for taking some time for us today. Good to be on there, Paul. But right away, I, I come on as I get, and as I get clicked on, I'm hearing uh, you guys talk uh, and saying Shohei Otani to Baltimore. That's what's going to happen. It, it, it's pandemonium. Uh, I don't think so. No, no, we were saying but, it's, we were saying it's not going to happen. It's, I know. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, I, I know you said it's not going to happen, but it'd be it'd be. Uh, I mean, anybody to, to to pick up that kid would be a pandemonium. But uh, it would be just otherworldly. But the reality is that whoever, even if he does get traded, uh, which I, is kind of questionable, I, I think it would be to a team that's not definitely not going to be a rental. It doesn't make any sense. It would be to a team that is planning to, to keep him. And I'm sure the moment that if, a, if in fact a trade does go down, it, it would be a team that would start negotiating with his agent mm-hmm. and not even, you know, get the, the, the free agency and say, what, what is it going to take? So, but beyond that, uh, you know, it's uh, good to be on your show, and, and it sure has been quite the interesting year so far. It, it absolutely has. The Rays get out to that 13-0 and start through 33 games or 27-6, and but 34-34 and in the 68 games since then. You have Jeffrey Springs and Drew Rasmussen on the uh, on the IL there. I believe they're both done for the year. They DFA'd Yanni Torinos. The last time we had you on the show, we were talking about him being part of their starting rotation. Offense is top five in almost every statistical category. First three months of the year, 5.6 runs per game. In July, that number is down to 3.3. Has this team all gone cold at the same time? Are you concerned about them? They've been playing 500 ball for two months. And and, uh, July has been atrocious. Uh, So even, you know, the 500 balls is actually okay. But they've been obviously, you know, they've just won, what, a a couple of games uh, in the last couple of weeks or three since or two since the all-star break break. So, um, and they, they came into the all-star break off of a win, but also off of a, what about a, a six game losing streak? Here's the deal. And I told you, I was going to explain a theory that I have and, and it has, it is not the Rays' fault by any chance. It is not MLB's fault by any stretch. Um, can't even sneak in the, 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 you know, the, Crowd hating at times the Houston Astros with this theory, um, but if you think about it, and I don't think it's ever been happened ever in the history of spring training, but because of Hurricane Ian, the Rays were uh, the only team to be able to host at home throughout spring training. So, other than uh, I think one little blip of a series that they took home over in Orlando mm-hmm. and while we were sports. Uh, everything else was played under the roof of Tropicana Field. That's a massive advantage mm-hmm. that you have, as an, especially as an offensive hitter, as a, as a hitter, because in spring training, first of all, you come in behind the eight ball already. And secondly, you you get uh, you got to leave spring training and then travel wherever your team is north most of the time and then get accustomed to the box at, at your ballpark, the, the, the kind of the view – behind the pitcher of, you know, of center field, the whole thing, I don't care how much of a veteran or, or, or you know, or a rookie you are, still an adjustment for those first couple of weeks of the season. And hitters usually struggle uh, just in general out of the gates. 
This team did not. They went nuts, and I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that um, offensively, they went into the season so comfortable uh, at their home plate, home base, home team. Add to that the caveat that there was no moving. There was no need for the general core of them to have to uproot from spring training, get settled in a new, you know, their house, home, whatever apartment, get their family in, worry about their kids. All of that was already taken care of all throughout the month of March and, and February. And I think that played a huge advantage to the Rays. Really not their fault or the league's fault. It just happened because of Ian. Yeah, it, it's 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 an excellent point that, that they don't have to go through what all the other teams have to go go through. They're they're already comfortable. They're staying at their own place the entire spring. It, it makes perfect sense that would help them get off to a hot start. Not to mention the fact that they played uh, <laughs> the league's worst teams the entire uh, the first half of, of but, April. But their offense was just otherworldly yeah, in, in that month. That that was just your. I was kind of scratching my head, going like. Holy cow! I mean, they're just—they're just crushing everybody, and that's usually not the case. Um, you know, it's one thing to jump out to, to a hot start and win and have some great pitching, uh, but it was their offense really that kind of you know surprised me. Uh, and when you look back at the, what they hit in in uh, in in April, it was what two eighty four, um, you know, with an eight eighty five on base percentage. I mean, OPS. Then it went to 253, but still like at around a 778, you know, OPS. Then it started dropping, you know, 740. Now they're at 650 for July. So uh, there's no doubt that it's kind of the field that's evening up on them a little bit. Um, but they're still a team to, to, you know, be leery of. Obviously, once again, the injury bug, especially to their arms, it seems like it's a, an annual thing for them. But it's an annual thing that they overcome. So, I still think that they're extremely strong with one, two, three. McCannahan's going today. You know, obviously you've seen what Eflin can do. Uh, he's been a great pickup every year. They have that one, you know, veteran pickup uh, they've had the last several years. And then you've got uh, Glass now that is still trying to, you know, get into that true great form as he, you know, as he's back now just for, you know, several weeks. So I think their one, two, three could be as formidable as any. Anybody. Oh yeah, they, uh, there's no doubt that they might, that they have the best rotation in the American League to this point. You mentioned the offense, and I remember Randy Arosarena and um, Yanni Diaz each had nine home runs at the end of April. And Diaz, his career high in home runs is 14. He's already got 13. Uh, Rosarena has hit 20 the last two years. He's already at 17. They have eight guys that have 10 home runs or more on their team right now. The offensive numbers have absolutely been fantastic. But if you look at it. A lot of those numbers were put up in April and the beginning of May, and they've 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 dropped Correct. off since then. But th- this this is a good race team, and this is a, this is a race team that's better than they were last year, in in my opinion. They're not going anywhere. It's going to be a, a haymaker for haymaker between them and the Orioles uh, the rest of the way. We and we look at the Orioles in Baltimore. We watch them every day, and we know that there's something special about this team. How do people outside of Baltimore see the Orioles? Are they viewed as legitimate? Are they believed to be the real deal? And what do they need to do to keep pace in this AL East? And what do you think that they need to make a big splash at the deadline to do so? Well, you know, um, number one, to the first part, um, yeah. I mean, the, the young core of this team uh, has been coming on, especially offensively. Mm-hmm. And you could say, you know, you're not completely surprised 
that they're doing what they're doing. When you look at Santander, and obviously, you know, you go, you know, Rushman's been a huge addition, not only offensively, but really kind of becoming that true, you know, what like Matt Weider didn't really ascertain and reach to a, a power hitting, switch hitting catcher that could control, you know, the, the whole rotation and the whole pitching core. He seems to be, and be a leader, he seems to be that. You're getting Frazier. You know, love what he's doing. Obviously, Moncastle, I've been a fan of for a while. Everybody's kind of pitching, and you got the veteran in, in Mullins. Um, you know, a little bit here and there. The pitching, um, where where you're going to have a question mark is that that middle relief. And yesterday, it kind of showed his you know his face again with with uh, Fuji. Not that he got the loss; he just gave up the track there to extend the lead. But uh, Fujinami, uh, the kid from the Hanshin Tigers, who was a big, tall, lanky, hard thrower. You know, he's got to show up. He's, he's a rookie in the major leagues, had a great WBC, and, and I think he, you know, came off of that with a lot of hype. But you guys maybe need to make one more move to, to shore up that fifth, you know, sixth, seventh, as you, you know, hand the ball off to the monsters that you guys have, you know, for the closeout game. So um, that's something that the Rays, uh, year in, year out, have been able to matriculate through, whether injury or not, and find those you know, sometimes diamonds in the rough in order to cover, you know, these games and end up having a guy that surprises, you know, whether it was Poche back in the day, Fairbanks, you know, now these guys are legit, but I'm talking two, three or four years ago, they came in and Chaz Rowe, and, you know, the, the list is endless of like, holy cow, where did this guy come from? And they closed the gap from the sixth to the ninth. And remember, this is why this race team is, is really kind of an enigma this year. The race n- normal win is four to three, four to two, five to three for many, many years. So this year, especially early on, the first six weeks coming out of the gate, out of Tropicana at home field advantage, you know, their wins were eight to two, you know, 10 to four, you know, they was just, just shellacking people. Now it's back to kind of evening out going to be an interesting last couple of months one last thing i'll say about the orioles it's refreshing to see baltimore the texas rangers um cincinnati reds uh the you know milwaukee you know these teams that kind of are you know holding their own if not leading their divisions it's nice to to see the brush fresh air of the parody in the major leagues that you're seeing some of the teams kind of, you know, resurface and show their wares. Yeah, it, it, and that's actually what I was about to uh, to ask you. You grew up a New York Yankees fan. And, Very much. And you look at the Yankees, one of the highest payrolls in baseball. The Red Sox, one of the highest payrolls in baseball. The Blue Jays, one of the highest payrolls in baseball. And those teams are 5-4-3 in, in that order in the American League East. The Yankees, I, they're in last place, and, and I cannot remember. So I started. Well, I'm I'm 38 years old. I'll be 39 in a couple of months. And my entire adolescence and into adulthood, the Yankees have always been the team to beat. We're talking. We're going all the way back to you know 95 when they were the wild card team, and they were or yeah, they were the wild card team, and they were no, they won the division or. I can't remember. I remember they played the, the, the Mariners in 1995, and that was when Griffey scored the game-winning run to go to the right. ALCS, right? But since Dramatic. 1995, they've been one of the best teams in all of baseball, if not the best team. I've never remember seeing them in last place. They're in last place right now with maybe the high, one of the highest payrolls in the division and in baseball. 
How refreshing is it? What does it mean for Major League Baseball to see the Orioles and the Rays, two of the lowest payrolls in baseball, to be number one and number two in this division while you have these other guys looking up at them from in breathing a whole new air, basically? I, I, well, I mean, in one sense, it's uh, refreshing, uh, as, I, as we kind of agreed to. Um, in, in one sense, it shows great parity, so... In New York, not the Yankees or the Mets, but MLB and in, in, in Rob Manfred is going, this is good. You know what I mean? We've got teams. Minnesota's in the hunt. You know, Cleveland's in the hunt. Uh, shoot, you could throw in the, you know, the Trey Tigers, you know, hanging in there only six back and, and possibly vying for a wild card spot. Um, but that being said, it's not great for baseball, too. It's good, but it's not great because you obviously – you know, you want some of the frontline teams to kind of also represent because it's, it's, it's sexier and it sells more. But as far as the American League East, it's an anomaly because even though they're eight and a half back, I mean, as far as taking the division, no. But as far as when you look at the wild card scenario, the Yankees are just basically three games back in the wild card. So they have won 51 games. I mean, the American League East is just ridiculous. You have three teams. The, the worst teams both have 51 victories, which, you know, puts them in first place in some other divisions. So it's like, you know, the, the, you can't count this team out yet. They've had an atrocious season offensively. Not as bad on the mound except for injuries. Mm-hmm. So shore up their offense and make a pickup or two. Obviously, I really think that they're going to pick some sort of, you know, you know, you know, top-line offensive outfielder hitter, which they're in dire need of. Somebody, especially, you know, from that, that can, you know, maybe a left-handed power hitter. Uh, obviously, Cody Bellinger has been, you know, bandied about a lot. Uh, but somebody like that that can, they can fill that gap in, in left field, uh, maybe even right field sometimes. But the bottom line is that they need one more offensive bat. And then maybe, I don't see it, but maybe Shohei Otani does come into play because that would be a spot that I think he could, you know, stay at for a decade. Uh, you know, it, it, it's it's funny or us just because every year, every top free agent is linked to the Yankees because it's the Yankees. And people remember, you know, the late 90s through like 2010, every big name ended up in New York. We remember Randy Johnson, Alex you Rodriguez. Go beyond that, though, Paul. I mean, you just had, you know, uh, uh, Cole sign. This is beyond 2010. You yeah. just had Giancarlo Stanton come over in the trade and re-sign. That was beyond 2010. I That's mean, true. so they, you know, they they failed with Jacoby Ellsbury uh, dramatically. You know, this is a team that still is a, is a landing for the place. The only reason I say Shohei, even though I think in end he's either going to stay with the Angels for the rest of the year and then make the decision, and even then. I think he'll end up staying in the West Coast. Uh, so it will be either the Dodgers or, or maybe San Francisco, but most likely the, the heavy money Dodgers. Um, and also good for marketing if he you know, jumps to the Dodgers, is that there is some lore to the other greatest dual player and the only other great dual player really in the major leagues, you know, and that mm-hmm. is Babe Ruth who came over to the Yankees. So there's, you know, there's that kind of like alpha omega kind of connection that I see that would be unique if he were end up in pinstripes. I'm biased. I'm still a major Yankee fan, honestly, but 
but there there is something connected to that with what he's doing. Oh, absolutely. It's it's the Yankees, and if 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 he was going to go to any East Coast team, you know he he doesn't have control over who he gets traded to. But if he was going to sign with any East Coast team, you would imagine it would be the Yankees because it's the Yankees. So I understand that from that from that point of view. Deep 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 pockets. And uh, it could be pretty interesting to uh, make offer, too, you know, so that you don't, don't count the Mets up. It, it, it absolutely could be. The only thing the only thing I'm looking at with the Mets is they have, I mean, and Steve Cohen, he doesn't care. He'll spend $600 million a year on his team if he has to. He, he doesn't care. Right. You know, and with with the Yankees, the only reason I think it wouldn't happen is because you have LeMayhew and Judge and Stanton under contract and you're going to, and Cole, and you're going to add another one of those uh, who's going to get paid, a guy who might get paid, nearly twice as much as some of those guys. Uh, yeah. th- that's the, the answer, only the problem. That is, the answer to that is yes. The Mets also have the same type of guys under contract too, if not even more. I mean, when you think about the signings of Verlander and, 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 and all that, just, but the bottom line is that you would get it. You know, I'll give you an example. Okay. Uh, last night uh, I'm in Miami. I'm visiting my folks and also had a couple other gigs that I was doing down here. So, um, I, I was able to, you know, spend the night over at my parents' house, and it's really nice. And, and we watched Lionel Messi perform, and he, you saw what he did, right? I mean, he, he hits like the most incredible game-ending, you know, kick, almost like it looked like a forty-yard field goal that he hooked into the corner. He signed, you know, he signed for what two hundred forty million. It's a weird contract with yeah. a bunch of different, you know, not all coming from his team but also from the league and Apple, stock, whatever, however the combination is of well over $100 million a year. In that one kick, the dramatic of the kick and the stage of his very first, you know, televised game as an inter-Miami player, and they showed that game, by the way, worldwide. Mm-hmm. That didn't have to be shooting. I bet you that they garnered $20 million or they're garnering because it's being shown everywhere, you know, 24 seconds throughout this week and into next week in, in, in advertising. So immediately a, a, a player of that ilk of global, you know, uh, personification, um, I'm telling you way more than some of the players, including judge, including, you know, Scherzer, including uh, Francisco Lindor, yeah, including Cole, will just once he throws his first two-hit shutout and hits two homers in a game, uh, you're you're chinging by the money that you're making by having Shohei Otani. So yeah. uh, there's no doubt in my mind that both those franchises, both New Yorks, would pay 500, 600, and watch out if if there's not a bidding war and it goes into the 600s. So that that's not really. That's gonna that's gonna happen somewhere. It's just it depends. He's a very unique kid. I'll tell you from from experience and knowing him, that he's gonna go. He knows the money's there. Where he's gonna feel most comfortable, most happy, and um, you know it's it's unfortunate that it's not gonna be Tampa Bay or Baltimore, but yeah, because of the situation. But uh, it's gonna be fun. I, I I you know it's gonna be fun to watch. And I'm I'm actually hoping that he just stays with the Angels throughout the rest of the year. That Mike Trout comes back, and and they somehow make a a, a playoff run to to you know sneak in the wild card. Uh, they've kind of gotten hot here the last four games that they've won. 
so maybe they make the playoffs and at least they get the last hurrah. And then we, we watch an incredible, uh, the, probably the most dramatic free agent frenzy that we've ever, ever possibly seen in the history of Major League Baseball. But I definitely want to close uh, with you and if you having me. Thanks for having me. But, but about the, the Baltimore Orioles, because that's really the core of, of, of your show. Yeah. And I'm just excited for you guys. And I, and I think this is going to, this is going to be a very interesting year, and I think you guys can go very far. And uh, and and I'm, I told you before, I'm an Orioles fan also because of them, you know, being in Miami for so long. As me as a kid, I grew up going to Oriole games ever back in the day from the Mark Belanger, Boog Powell, you know, uh, Cal Ripken Senior days of right. uh, Miami Stadium. So uh, I'm a big O's fan. Yeah, as are we, and that's why we—that's one of the reasons we love having you on the show. It's always a great segment. We certainly appreciate you uh, taking the time for us today. Before we do let you go, Orestes, uh, ambassador for the Cebu Lions, how's that going? When's your next trip over there? How are things going with all of that? Going good. I mean, uh, we, we're struggling this year. we got a brand-new manager. In fact, you know who he is. It's uh, Kazuo Matsui, mm-hmm. uh, former New York Met and uh, Houston Astro and Colorado Rocky and and uh, you know, and a star for the Sable Lions for many years. Um, we're 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 talking about talking about last place, I man. We're we're jockeying back and forth with the Nippon Ham Fighters for last place in our in our league, and um, we've had major injuries. So uh, offensively, we're really struggling. So pitching wise, we're hanging in there, but it's been enjoyable. I'll be back there in in uh, September and again in November, um, and it's just good to to be reconnected with uh, my my you know my Japan roots uh, because uh, obviously COVID kind of kept me away from there for three plus years. Uh, They just recently kind of fully opened up, uh, you know, in the spring. So uh, it's, it's something that's near and dear to me. And uh, as I've always said, anywhere I was, I'm Cuban born, American raised, uh, but Japanese influenced. So I live kind of by all three wonderful cultures. Well, I'm certainly glad that you get to make that a part of your life again. Glad that we could have you on the show. It's always awesome when our when our paths cross arrest us. So I, I really appreciate you taking time for us today. And hey, you know, when the Orioles and Rays play in the playoffs, we'll have you back on, all right? I tell you what, we're gonna be watching and as we get closer towards the, the you know, September drive and all that, I'll, I'll gladly come back on. Hopefully it'll be some some really exciting O's news. Looking Thanks, forward Paul. to it. Thank you. See you. That was Arrestus Destrade joining us. He's a, he's one of my favorite guests. He's just like always a gracious guy. He's super super cool guy too. I just like talking to that guy. No doubt. Um, yeah, he he's always great. So and always sings the praises of the Orioles. So it's 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 nice to have an outsider who you know did a lot of television for the Rays. Grew up a Yankees fan and still loves the Orioles too. It's it's he's a great guy to have on the show. So special thanks to him again for coming on the show. If you notice, no Stan the fan Charles today. We had the, the scheduling conflict with Arrestus, so uh, Stan agreed to take the week off but uh if you're clamoring for stan he has changed up the format for his weekly shows but you can still catch him every monday and thursday now every monday at 6 p.m stan will be joined by former orioles pitcher ross grimsley and press boxes managing editor luke jackson to break down the latest with the birds and every thursday night stan and gary stein will chat with a different newsmaker from the world of sports this week they chatted with superbook odds maker john murray you can watch the shows live at facebook.com slash pressbox or find them the next day at pressboxonline.com slash video and youtube.com slash pressboxonline. So join Stan, Ross, and Luke this and every Monday night and Stan and Gary Stein every Thursday night for your Stan the Fan 
fix. We got to catch a break when we come back in. Orioles banter and the payoff pitch around the league. That's next on the Battle Round. Exciting weekend of affordable family fun at Prince George's Stadium with the Bowie Bay Sox. Weekend starts on the 21st with our Bowie Pit Beef Night. Come on out and grab a bite. Back-to-back fireworks carry on to Saturday with the Island Luau, a free Bay Sox Hawaiian shirt to the first 750 fans. And it closes on Sunday with Heroes Day. Bay Sox jerseys auctioned off to support local charities. Get your tickets now by calling 301-805-6000 or anytime online at BaySox.com. The Bowie Bay Sox, let us be your nine-inning vacation. I'm Michael Jan Grandy, president of AJ Michaels, your carrier energy expert for 44 years. Save money, energy, and make your home more comfortable and virus-free. Find us at ajmichaels.com. That's ajmichaels.com. Your summer destination is closer than you think at Live Casino in Hotel Maryland. With an expansive gaming floor and incredible dining options ready for you to explore, your adventure awaits. Dine at the new Coho Korean Barbecue House coming in July or on the patio at the Prime Rib. Enjoy the summertime breeze at Orchid Smoking Patio. Limited time packages starting at $229. What are you waiting for? Book now. At Arundel Mills, must be 21. Please play responsibly for help. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call one 800 gambler make the most out of every day in your toyota rav4 available in hybrid or gas only models a rav4 can get you where you want to go in style check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new rav4s from your local toyota dealer today Hike to new heights. The best view is yours in Washington County. Our iconic scenic overlooks provide some of the most breathtaking vistas in the mid-Atlantic. Some are very easy walks, some can be driven to, and some are the payoff for a moderate to difficult hike. All are near quaint small towns that offer great dining, shopping, hiking gear, and more. Explore our five national parks for iconic vistas and wineries with breathtaking views. Visit our quaint historic towns and make your stay unforgettable. Learn more at visithagerstown.com Maryland, be open. That first sip. That first bite. Mm. Start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms. Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world. At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night. It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. Costas Inn has been serving up delicious steamed crabs for over 50 years. Lately, the crabs you want to eat when the weather warms up have gotten harder and harder to get. So get your crab-eating game plan in place. Make sure to stick this number on your fridge, 410-477-1975. Call ahead and reserve the size crabs you want. You may be able to walk in, but you may also be disappointed at the size or maybe even get shut out altogether. So call ahead, have a plan, and then arrive on your crab-eating vacation. Costas also has delicious crab soup and crab cakes. The Costas Inn at 4100 North Point Boulevard. For more than 50 years, they've been satisfying crab lovers in and around Baltimore. Welcome back to the Bat Around. Today's show brought to you by the Toyota Tacoma, which comes in a range of models and trim lines. You can choose the perfect Tacoma to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. And now it is time for 
the payoff pitch around, around, around the league. Zach Eflin produced the best start, his best start in the Rays uniform, allowing two hits and striking out eight over seven shutout innings. And Orioles batter struck out looking ten times as Tampa Bay took down Baltimore three to nothing. Highly coveted trade candidate Cody Bellinger collected a double and a home run among his three hits, driving in two to lead the Cubs over the Cardinals four to three. Juan Soto homered twice and drove in three to pace the Padres as they as they held off the the as they held off the Tigers five to four. The Rockies clubbed three homers and got five shutout innings from Peter Lambert to hand the Marlins their seventh straight loss, 6-1. to one. Michael Massey homered twice and drove in four for the Royals, but it was Yankees outfielder Billy McKinney who stole the show with two defensive gems and a big three-run homer to lead the Yanks past Kansas City 5-4. C.J. Abrams and, La- and Lane Thomas set the table at the top of the Nationals' order with a home run and two hits each as the Nationals staved off the Giants 5-3. The Reds scored five runs in the fifth, the big blow coming in the form of a Matt McClain grand slam, while Spencer Steer drove in three runs of his own to push the Reds to a 9-6 victory over Arizona and pull into a virtual tie with Philadelphia and Miami for the final wild card spot. Jose Ramirez had four hits, and David Fry drove in two as the Guardians handed the Phillies their third straight defeat, 6-5. Freddie Freeman keeps raking, smacking his 18th home run and his Major League leading 35th double, driving in three, while J.D. Martinez drove in three of his own for a nice team leading 69 as the Dodgers took care of the Rangers, 11-5. Austin Riley smoked his fifth home run in four games, driving in two to pace the Braves in a 6-4 victory over Milwaukee. Byron Buxton and Max Kirilov combined for three home runs and eight RBIs, and Joe Joe Ryan struck out 10 over six innings as the Twins held their rank in the AL Central with a 9-4 handling of the White Sox. Shohei Otani struck out nine over six in the third innings, but he also allowed four home runs and five earned runs. Still, the Angels hit four homers of their own to take down the Pirates 8-5 for their fourth straight win to keep their wild card hopes alive. Former number one overall pick Henry Davis became the first player ever to have a multi-homer game against Shohei Otani in the loss. Kyle Tucker hit three home runs, driving in four, and Alex Bregman contributed a two-run shot as the Astros took care of the A's 6-4. Teoscar Hernandez tallied three hits, including the walk-off RBI single in the bottom of the ninth to lead the Mariners over the Blue Jays 3-2. And finally, Brandon Nimmo and Daniel Vogelbaugh contributed a pair of two-run homers to give the Mets a 4-3 lead over the Red Sox before play was suspended due to weather in the bottom of the fourth. The game will be completed today as part of a truncated doubleheader. Zach, what's on tap today? I love when you use the word truncated. It's, truncated. It's, it's a good word. Um Brady Singer starts off the day against Garrett Cole. Royals What's and singing? Yankees. Uh, Royals looking for their 29th win. I'm not answering that question. Probably Bruce Springsteen. Um, 105 today at Yankee Stadium. You answered the question. Well, I did. I did. I had to. I had to. Uh, the Rockies play the Marlins. Chase Anderson against Johnny Cueto. 110 Lone Depot Park. Miles Michaelis goes against Michael Fulmer, Fulmer in Wrigley Field in Chicago. Cardinals and Cubs. Dodgers go against... Dane Dunning and the Rangers. Bobby Miller going for the Dodgers 405 at Globe Life Field. To be determined, our favorite pitcher for the D-backs against Brandon Williamson for the Reds. That's 410 at Great American Ballpark. Grayson, the big Rod Rodriguez, goes for the Baltimore Orioles. Yes. Uh, and and uh, Tampa Bay Rays will start Shane McClanahan. I couldn't get my train of thought after I made that joke. Tampa Bay Rays will start Shane McClanahan, uh, the great left-hander, 410 at Tropicana Field. Kevin Gosman, former Oriole, goes against the right-hander Logan Gilbert, 410 at T-Mobile Park. That's the Jays and the Mariners. 
First start of the year for Jackson Wolf against Matt Manning. Padres take on the Tigers 6-10 in Detroit. Logan Webb takes on Josiah Gray. Giants and Nationals 705 at Nationals Park. Max Scherzer, the veteran, takes on another veteran in the lefty James Paxton 710 at Fenway Park as the Mets are in town against the Red Sox. Zach Wheeler against Tanner Bybee. Guardians and Philly 710 at Progressive Field. Dylan Cease takes on Sonny Gray. Great pitching matchup there at Target Field as the White Sox battle the Twins 7-15 for that one. Another first start of the year, and I, I hope I pronounce this right because I've never heard of this guy. Uh, Alan Winans takes on Adrian Hauser as the Braves play the Brewers in Milwaukee. That's set 7-15. Christian Javier takes on Paul Blackburn, Astros, and A's 9-07 at the Oakland Coliseum. Ryan Barucki takes on Reed Detmers. Angels and Pirates 907 at Angel Stadium. And finally, like you mentioned, that game that's going to actually begin in the bottom of the fourth. Uh, the Mets and the Red Sox will play with Cody Senga and Cutter Crawford as their two pitchers going today. That game is going to resume. That's what it has listed here. So is that not um, going to be the case? Cutter Crawford started last night. Well, okay, uh, okay. Yeah, so. they're, they're resuming that game. He gave up the 2-2 run That's homers. what's listed. So, right, uh, yeah. He's, he's not pitching today. The, okay, the, so. The, 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 it's going to be their... To be determined, probably. It's going to be their bullpen or maybe... Well, let's see if there's another... I can try to find another listing, but that's what... I looked up the game, and that's what's currently there, so I don't know. Um, well, the, that's because who started last night, but because okay, that, those were the guys who started last night. Got um, it. When you said Carter Crawford, I'm like, I just saw his name, and I'm like, oh, yeah. He started the maybe the, they'll just update that because again that's what they, they will. I, it's that, gonna be too de, to be determined or bullpen game or, or something along yeah, those lines. Yeah, so because we'll they're happens. picking it up in the bottom of the fourth inning, so it's gonna be new guys. And they're probably not gonna waste um a starting pitcher for that game, either team for that matter. So I I imagine it's gonna be a bullpen game to finish things out there. My wife um sends these updates of the size of our child. If you don't know, uh, my wife is pregnant with our first child, our little girl. And she is 15 weeks. We're not naming her any variation of Bruce. No, that's not where I was going to go with that. You said something else that made me laugh. But Um, anyway, go ahead. And our daughter is 15 weeks today uh, in the womb. (laughs) (laughs) And she is the size of a pear. Oh, good. She is four inches long and weighs two and a half ounces. That sounds just about right. So it's so funny because it's always a fruit. It started out as she's the size of a kidney bean. That was the only time it wasn't a fruit. Then it was a blueberry. Then it was a raspberry. At least it wasn't a kidney stone. Then it was a straw. Weird. (laughs) Then it was a a strawberry, an uh, an apple. or No, it was like a strawberry, a peach, an apple, an orange. Now she's a pear. That's crazy to think that your daughter was once the size of a uh, strawberry. I can't (laughs) wait until it switches over to sports. She's the size of a softball. She's the size of a football. She's the size of a of a baby gorilla. She's probably well, overdue. Not. Let's get her out of there. <laughs> Man, if she's the size of a baby gorilla, your your wife unfortunately is in trouble. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that wouldn't be good. <laughs> yeah, there's a scene. That be good. There's a scene um, from a Family Guy episode okay. where they were talking about when Chris was born, and it's a they show a newspaper clipping of Lois just looking like she's half dead, and it's, it says. Woman gives birth to record elephant baby again, and it's um, it was just funny. Hopefully not. Hopefully it doesn't happen to you. But you know, yeah, I I can't. Currently the size of a pear. Can't imagine that it would. Um, (laughs) I I can't either. Today's show, and specifically the uh, specifically Orioles banter slash sounding off with Zach Goodman, they're all incorporated into one segment today, and both are brought to you by PressBox. 
uh, offers, which is and PressBox is offering new sports bettors the best sign-up bonuses and promos from seven legal online sports books. Go to PressBoxOnline.com/offers now and get offers like $150 in bonus bets from DraftKings after placing your first $10 bet, or up to $1,250 in bonus bets from Caesars. Time is limited to get the best offers from all of the sports books. So go to PressBoxOnline.com/offers and sign up today. Do it. Do it now. Sign up. Pressboxonline.com slash offers. Uh, that's from a movie. Do it. Do it now. But I Point Break? No, it's def- you just watched Point Break. You know as well as anybody. You probably watched it three <laughs> times since then. It's so I, I did. I, I just loved it so much. It's, I, it's, can't you stop. gave it a 6.7 out of 10. That's not bad. Yeah, yeah it, it's, I love that again, movie. Again, it, it wasn't a bad movie. It's just not one that I would ever go, you know, in, in 15, 20 years later after I watch it, tell my co-host on a show that it's a 12 out of 10 and I've got to see it. Um, you know, well, I, but I don't know. you also have to understand, Zach, that you watched it for the very first time in 2023. <laughs> yeah, well, I watched it for the first time. He's 30 years old now. It, 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 I watched it for the first time in like 1995, mm-hmm. and that was back when it was like at the cutting edge. Like the, the cool thing, sure. Yeah. Okay. Well, back when, and they may still do this, where they would shoot night scenes during the day, and just. Uh, fade the brightness balance down mm-hmm. so it looks like it's at night but you can clearly see like you're oh, looking yeah, at like the sky the, and you can see yeah. the moon the sun is supposed to be the moon and all that it's like this is very clearly shot during the day yeah. I think they still do that sometimes it's well, a are, technique are you going to uh, partake in Barbenheimer whatever they call it now Barbieheimer I, I, Barbheimer I don't know what they're calling it but the the, the the thing that's sweeping the nation right now are you going to participate so I heard Ottenheimer is super long it is. And I, I feel like... This is like a five-hour ordeal if you want to go see both, I think. I, why in the hell would I go watch the Barbie movie? <laughs> if my daughter was not the size of a pear and was actually here... <laughs> she was the size of a gorilla. <laughs> if she was the size of a gorilla, I would, like take her supposed to go, to be. I would take her to go see the Barbie movie. I have no reason... And my wife is not into such things. My wife no. barely likes going to the movies. Oh. And there's no chance of her ever watching Ottenheimer for no reason other than it's like a three-hour movie. She doesn't like if a movie's longer than an hour and a half. Oh, okay. Uh, I also feel like most people are going to see Ottenheimer solely for the explosion scene. Well, don't spoil it. I mean, I, I didn't even know there was an explosion scene. It's about the I know. I, I know what it's about. I know what it's about. But It's I, supposed to be the craziest... Well, um, explosion in cinematic oh, history. I should see it in IMAX, And then. none of it is CGI. I read very little about this because I want to be surprised. I'm going to see it in a few weeks. I This movie screams me. Like, there is no there is no movie that's come out recently that screams me as much as this one I does. feel like the vast majority of people that are going to see this movie are 100% going... That doesn't make sense. The vast majority of people that are going to see this movie are going to see it for the sole reason that they want to see this epic explosion. In IMAX, yeah. Right? I had no clue that the Barbie movie was going to be such a phenomenon. I I didn't either. I I mean, look, it just came out last night, but my entire social media timeline same was just filled. Well, according to Matt, grown, and I'm not talking about like 17, 18. I don't have any 17, 18, 19 year old lady friends on Whoa, social that, media. That. But I'm not I'm not seeing teenagers or girls in their early 20s. Mm-hmm. I'm seeing grown ass women mm-hmm. having Barbie parties oh. dressed in all pink with like Barbie signs behind them to go see this movie. I thought, you know what? 
they're taking advantage of Ryan Gosling's extreme popularity right now. Mm-hmm. Margot Robbie's extreme popularity right now and the fact that she is absolutely stunningly gorgeous. They're taking she advantage works in of the that. Role. The I had I, but I was like but that this movie's going to bomb. It's a movie about Barbie. It's going to bomb. I thought it was for children. You're like I haven't seen these since I was 13. That's, that's and, crazy. I was and, playing and, with them. As soon as I'll tell you when I started to think this could be weird is when oh. there was a, they they there was a teaser for the Barbie movie a few months back and it was her um getting out of bed or something like that and they did a close up of her feet to show like that cuz if you know anything about Barbie my sisters had a ton of Barbies when I was growing up and Barbie's feet were in an angle for high heels okay. at, at all times. So when Margot Robbie gets out of bed and starts to walk towards whatever, they do a close-up of her feet in the um, high heel stance, mm-hmm. right? And this became like a foot fetish thing oh. online for a bunch of people. It was really weird. And when they did that, I was like, I thought this was supposed to be a children's movie, but maybe maybe not. I don't really get that. That, that that's the point of it. Like I, I don't see it as a children's movie. By the way, Matt Pine, uh, a good friend of the show, um, said, and he's in the film industry. This is someone who has seen every movie imaginable. Mm-hmm. Like I guarantee you, he's seen Point Break six times. He said, if you want to have an absolute blast at the movies, go see Barbie. And this is from a guy who is one of the most critical people of movies. There are movies I love and give like a 9.5 out of 10. He's like, that's trash. It's a a 2. So he gave it a pretty favorable score from last night. I hope he tells you that about your opinion on Bruce Springsteen. You're a 9.5 and he's a (laughs) 2. I'm a two. You're a, you're you're a. 30. I don't think you're even a you, two. You feel about Bruce Springsteen the way I feel about Point Break. Twelve out yes, of ten. Yes, absolutely. No, it's better than twelve out of ten. It's it's, it's, a, it's an infinity out of ten. Anyway, he uh, he also put uh, put Ottenheimer as like his second best um, yeah, Christopher film, Nolan film. Cr- yeah. Christopher Nolan film, which is he loved it. It's high praise. Um, I, but like I thought that the Barbie movie was it's a Barbie movie, mm-hmm. and there are grown women. In their 30s, in their 40s, mm-hmm. who are putting on their best pink outfit and getting together with a group of friends and going to see this movie. Yeah. If it's a blast, I'm not going to write it off that I'll ever see it. Yeah. I don't think I'm ever going to the movie theater to watch this. <laughs> Again, ever. My, when, because my wife has no interest. And, right. and I'm not going. I, I, I don't, There are some movies I want to see so badly I'll go see them by myself. Yeah. The Barbie will never be that movie. Yeah, I, I can't disagree with you. Well, again, when your daughter's not the size of a pear, maybe she'll want to see it. The uh, size of a baby gorilla. We will yeah, go. We will, <laughs> but by that time, we'll be able to watch it on demand, and uh, yeah. she can watch it. It'll there. be streamable. Oh, my, my my little baby girl. I can't wait. I can't wait for, to be a dad, man. I can't wait for her to be born. So far, I'm not nervous. Uh, uh, this morning, you're I not close to, enough yet to be nervous. Yeah, I'm, I'm not close enough. You, you are absolutely correct. But like, have you bought anything yet? Because I feel like that's for most people when it just kind of sets in that. Oh, oh God, I gotta my, take care um, of a baby. My um, mother and my mother-in-law have combined to send us a crib, a changing table. That's good. And a rocker. Which my my best friend Adam, you've met Adam yep. watching football yep. a couple of times. Guy. He came over after work yesterday and helped me carry all of these things into uh, our daughter's room. Okay, and it's so oh cool shit. So what did you what, what did you do with the uh, with the room like before that? What, what was the it was the a transformation? Guess it, it's, like? it's well, there's no transformation yet. It looks exactly the same oh, except okay. we had a love seat in there that we've now put into the garage. Got it. Um, but we um, it was a guest room, but mainly the cat's room. 
So now the cats have to uh, have to share the room She's with, gonna live with, with the cats with the little <laughs> the little girl. I've got some uh, some plans. I, I I've got a nice commish check coming in. And I've I've got to spend Good. some money on a, on a few things, but I've got some uh, I've got some plans. Um, but my plans don't matter compared to my wife's plans because whatever we do with that room will be 100% her touch, and I just get to say, yeah, it looks good. Whatever you want, babe. Yeah, my dad just texted me, by the way. Here's some advice for you, I guess, as a parent. He said, Paul, get a swing. Get a swing. So, get a swing. Well, get a there swing. There you go. We don't have any place to put I guess we can attach it to the We attach it to, it to the, the roof and have yeah. the cats ride with her. <laughs> what? Well, attach, <laughs> we can attach it to the deck, but this is not our forever home. We're going to buy a house in the next year or two, so we'll cross that bridge when we come to it, but we can put a swing on the uh, on the deck. We can 100% there you do go. that. Off the rails here on the bat around. Uh, it's time for Orioles banter slash sounding off with Zachary Alan Goodman. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he knows it's wrong and still does it. Your name, your initials are Zag. I just think that that's so cool. They're not. I'm going to start calling you Ziggy. You're, you're Mr. just Zag. assuming that they are. They're not. What, uh, Zachary Alan it's, Goodman. If your parents didn't make your middle name Alan, <laughs> and if they didn't, if your name's just Zach and not Zachary, they they missed the boat. Zachary they, uh, clearly. Zachary Allen Goodman. Just like I call my buddy uh, Joe Jelinski, Joseph Kennedy Jelinski. He, Joseph Kennedy. Weird story about him. He did not have a middle name. He had to, he had to create a middle name because when he he moved here from from Pennsylvania, and when yeah he, they don't give out middle for, names for like, up there for like two years. He was living down here. That's how we met because we worked in the same restaurant. And he didn't have a he didn't have a license. When he went to go get his license, he had to have a middle name. So he just made one up. He told him his middle name was Michael. He doesn't actually have a middle name. Wait, so what's his actual name now? His name is Joe Jelinski, but he made up Michael. Joe Michael. That sounds pretty good. Yeah, he picked, but a, he I picked think a Joseph, good middle name. He should, have said, he should have chosen Kennedy. Joseph yeah. Kennedy Jelinski. Yeah. Any who's a what's-its. By the way, I never used to say any who's a what's-its until Glenn wrote that into a um, script for me for a live read last oh, yeah. year. By the and way, the grinder one's still playing. Yeah. F- FYI. Yeah, the Jeremy <laughs> F- grinder. No, I don't think it's that one. I think it's, it's about... Oh, there's a couple. It's... Uh, is there a couple? I don't know. It, it's the we one where we have spent eight yeah, minutes talking about non-baseball. Probably lost like fifteen viewers in that time. Yeah. Anyway, all, all fifteen of them. Um, <laughs> so, uh, sounding off banner style with Zach Goodman, our Major League Baseball top five power rankings. Since this is this is your baby, your creation, I will let you start. Size first. pair number five. This one I changed around. I had something different going in this week. I'm gonna go Dodgers at number five. I feel somewhat confident in the Dodgers. Stan had them, if, if we go back to Stan's power rankings at the beginning of the year, he had them very far down. Like 15th. It was like 16th or 15th, yeah. And I looked at that and I was like, you know what, I kind of agree. They, they don't have a lot of huge names anymore. And historically, if you look over the past 15, 20 years, the Dodgers have had the biggest names, arguably, in the entire Major League you know, uh, system. And you look at the Yankees, they've always had big names too, but the Dodgers are always... Big players in that. And it seems like their talent has consistently become more homegrown. I mean, now there's guys like James Outman and a number of other guys who are are really legitimate homegrown players, and they're doing a lot better than I ever expected them to be. Right now, they're sitting at the top of that division only by three games. Um, and they're really. They're it wasn't that long ago that they were not in first place. Right. The, the Diamondbacks. It was like two but, weeks but ago. But all of a sudden, the Giants are hot on the heels of everyone. The Giants are only three games back. <clears throat> and the Diamondbacks are also three games back. They're tied for the same record right now with a 551 winning percentage. I couldn't have seen the Giants there. Certainly couldn't have seen the D backs there. But the Dodgers are just kind of hanging on. But they're 8 and 2 in their last 10. They're really hot. They're probably, I would say, I'm confident they're going to win this division. The pitching has been better than I expected. The hitting has been better than I expected. Everything's been better. So Dodgers are going to grab the number five spot for me right now. The Rangers grab the number five spot for me right now. Um, 
Losing DeGrom from the rotation hurts them. The offense is really good. They, they're still keeping pace. They're still in first place out there in the West, but they were looking like one of the best teams in baseball for a while there, and they don't have that look for me right now. Okay. Uh, I love the, the, the combination of Seager, Simeon, Jung, and Garcia, and Jonah Heim. It, it has been awesome yep. for them, um, but I feel like they've fallen off enough that you have to look at them and say they're not – they're they're de- they're a top five team, but I can't put them higher than fifth right now. I feel like Otani's going to win MVP. I think he's on track for that. Oh, he, but nobody's no... talking about how good Corey Seager has been this year. Yeah. Like Corey Seager is going completely under the radar again because I feel like the Rangers have six other guys that are legitimate players and mm-hmm. legitimate, really good starting baseball players on the Rangers right now. So Corey Seager's batting three fifty with a four thirteen OVP. Yeah, he's it's awesome, unbelievable. Yeah. He's kind of carrying that offense right now, like you said. There's a he's Gunnar Henderson. Yeah, he's he's hopefully Gunnar's better than that. I, I would lo- I would love for Gunnar to be. It, it, it's hard to be better than three fifty with a yeah, four thirteen. Uh, undoubtedly OVP. hard to be better than that. But Marcus Simeon wasn't awful last year. wasn't his best either. It seems like he's kind of reverting into what really good Marcus Simeon looks like. Two seventy two, three forty one, four forty four slash line. Pretty good from him this year. Jonah Heim has been amazing. They're my number four team. If you hadn't gathered that so far, they're number you know again number one in their division. I just worry when the Rangers get to the playoffs, and I think the same argument can be made for the Orioles, that lack of experience, there's a lot of younger guys, but I feel as though that Corey Seager and Marcus Semien are two guys who've been around it before. They've seen good winning baseball teams, they've played in a lot of places. These are two guys who are going to carry without Jacob deGrom to kind of lead the way as that, as that veteran. So I'm pretty confident in the Rangers right now. I don't know when come the playoffs how good they're going to be, but I like them at number four. My number four team is the Tampa Bay Rays. Um... Look, uh, when we were talking with O uh, in the earlier segment, first three months of the year, they were averaging 5.6 runs per game. They were blowing teams out for the first month of the season. They started 27-6, and 13-0. and 0. They're 500 since then. They're 34-34 and 34 since starting 27-6, and 6, right? And you also have to look at the fact that they've scored 3.3 runs per game in July, and they've gone 4-12. and 12. In July, yeah, they're four and twelve in July. They've been outscored by sixteen runs this month. They're a good team who's struggling right now. They're going to bounce back. Yeah, they're probably going to make a, a, a sizable move at the deadline yeah. to really shore up that, maybe shore up that rotation fully and shore up that lineup. Although that lineup is nasty. I mean, um, really, there's one starter right now who's below league average. Yeah, in that lineup. Yeah. So and maybe they bring in a bat to replace that guy. It's so, Brandon Lau. Yeah. That's that's the that, unbelievable, yeah, that, that's, that's the unbelievable that's part crazy. about it. Um, but they're going to make a move to bolster that team. Uh, and try and put them over the top because it's going to be uh, you know a, a, a puncher's brawl between them and the Orioles the rest of the way. Um, but they're my number four team. I, I know that they're going to improve from where they've been. And they're my number three team. This keeps working out. Honestly, Zach Eflin is proof to every pitcher in the major leagues right now that if you sign with Tampa, they're going to make you better. Like Zach Eflin is great proof of that. Right now, he's having a career year. He's eleven and five. He's got a three three six ERA. Best start he, of his career last night. He was he's phenomenal. been unbelievable, and, and this is nineteen games. It's not a small sample size at this point. He has been just frankly better than anyone could have ever expected, and that's great news for them because they've had pitching injuries. You don't really know ever what to expect out of Tyler Glass now. You know, we could be talking a week from now, and he's out for the year. That's what happens every now and then with Tyler Glass now. So. I th- this pitching staff has been really good. Taj Bradley, you know the number, the ERA doesn't look that great, but he's still striking out over twelve guys per nine. It's just up and down this team. There's really, really good players, and they've played virtually. If if you look at it, five hundred ball over the past month or so, they mm-hmm. haven't been that great. But I still think this team is primed for a bounce back, and I think unfortunately the Orioles are going to be at the uh, come at the expense of that. They're probably going to take over first pay- place in in not too 
short of time because this team has just been playing kind of mediocre right now. But I, again, I think they're I think they're going to get back to it, and I'm pretty confident. You, you in that. said over the last month, 500 ball. It's 68 games. They're 34 and 34. Okay, they're, 68. They're, they're so it's, lot, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's over more two than months. Month. Yeah. It's it's over two months of baseball for them. But again, this lineup is just so good. There's so many guys here yeah, that can but, produce. But it's like what Arresta said. Yandy Diaz had nine home runs in April, and he's got thirteen. Yeah, he's got thirteen now. Um, Randy Rosarena had nine home runs in April. He's got seventeen now. You know, a lot of these guys right, are yeah. falling off, and a lot of these guys are having career years. They're they're good players. Is their offense so nasty that they're better than everybody else? I don't know. They have a lot of home run hitters, though. They've hit. They're second in baseball. In, in yeah, hundred, second hundred, in the American League of that. 148. Is. And if I, I, I'm i going to pull up the Orioles real quick just to compare here uh, for comparison's sake. But the Orioles have hit... Not that many. <laughs> like 108. Uh, 114 so far for the Orioles. Yeah. So, yeah, it's it's a drastic difference. That's one of the things we talked about the Orioles. And I, I don't want to go into an Orioles segment here, but they have a lack of home run hitters. That's just been the case. And if you get rid of Santander, if you trade him you know, now at the deadline or... Uh, coming in this offseason, you're going to have to replace him with actually someone who can hit home runs because he's one of the few guys that does. Yeah. So that's uh, the, for, one of, one so of the, the reasons that Tampa Bay is, is still, I think, really good. My number three team is the Orioles. They're 11-6 and six in the month of July. Aside from a pretty poor start from uh, Kramer, Gibson, and um, and even Gibson, he, his last start was a quality start. But aside from the, some, some blow-ups from Kramer and Wells at their last, each of their last outings, the starting rotation has been really good all month. They've been really good. Kyle Bradish has developed into the ace of the staff. People want to say Tyler Wells. It, Tyler Wells has given up 22 home runs. Kyle Bradish gave up his ninth home run of the season last night. He's consistently giving you six innings every start out and two earned runs or less. He's the ace of the staff. He already down to 305. He's becoming exactly what we had, what, what I thought he could be and what we hoped he could be. He's the ace of the staff. The Orioles are a starting pitcher away from being that team. Right now, in my humble opinion, um, so they're my number three team. They're my number two team. It keeps working out. So the Orioles, again, I they need to add. They absolutely need to add. I think Fujinami is a huge help, a huge help mm-hmm. because he can replace the Brian Baker innings or. You know who? Who else? Who's another good example? Even the Mike Seattle, Bauman. Mike Bauman is a great example of innings that can be replaced by by Fujinami. This is a guy that can potentially make a high leverage reliever, and we've seen that they are frankly a relief pitching factory over the past three or four years. So I love that move. I think they're going to make probably two more. That's my guess. Two more moves seems. I think right about what the Orioles are going to do. I think one's going to be a reliever, and I think one's going to be a starter. Jordan Hicks and Jordan Montgomery would be an unbelievable package, and that would really take this team for me from the second best team in the American League. And again, power rankings are, for me, what I've always said, is what I think they're going to do. So I, I think the Rays are going to... Um, you know, the Orioles right now are above the Rays, but I think the Rays, at the end of the day, could overtake the Orioles. But I have the Orioles ahead because I think they're going to add at the deadline. I think they're going to be able to t- overtake the Rays at, at the See, end of the day. And for me... If that made sense. For me, it's mostly how you're playing right now combined with a little bit of what I think you're going to do, which is why the Rays are in my top five, because yeah. they're not playing good baseball. No, baseball they're not right playing now. good baseball, but I, I I think the Orioles are better than the Rays simply because I think they're going to add, and that Fujinami ad is really going to help them in the next two months. I really believe that. Well, we'll see. I I, I, I like the, the Fuji pickup a lot. They, they need... You, he showed it last night. He's got elite stuff. Exactly. He's got, exactly. A, he's got elite stuff. My number two team is the Dodgers. And again, it's because of what they're doing right now. They're eight and two of their last ten. They just took two or three from the Orioles. Um, they they 
who were they playing again last night? The Dodgers. The Dodgers today face, and I gotta find this again because I had it here. Uh, the Dodgers played the Rangers, so really yeah, good. Yeah, and th- they they stuck it to the Rangers last night. They're 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 beating really good teams right now. Their yeah. offense is nasty. Yeah, I mean, uh, JD Martinez has already hit I think eight home eight more home runs than he had all of last year. He leads that team in home runs. And in I RBIs. wanted him so bad. I did too. And it, it, the fact that he signed for only eleven million, I don't even know if the Orioles made an offer. But you have that guy in the middle of the lineup right now. The OBP is down, the average is down, but he's got twenty three home runs yeah. and he's got sixty nine RBIs hitting cleanup for the LA Dodgers. Mookie Betts is so good. Freddie Freeman might be the best hitter on the planet. He is. He is so. He's just so consistent, and he's just. He, he's a Hall of Famer. He's going to the Hall of Fame, and people don't talk about him like that. He's really good. Like, he hits everything. Um, Chris Taylor, Will Smith, you know, the, the, this this whole team, their lineup is just absolutely stacked. The pitching's going to get them through. Uh, I expect them to make a run at Otani. Uh, if not at the deadline, then definitely in the offseason. I, I honestly think that's where he's ending up. Uh, for the rest of his career is in, is with the Dodgers um, because he doesn't have to. He's he's already in L.A. Um, I just that team and what they've done for twenty years. They've consistently been one of the best teams in baseball for yeah. two decades. So they're my number, and they're right where they they're supposed to be leading the AL West. They're my number two overall team. I think we both know what our number one team is. Yeah, the Braves are the best team right now. Yeah. Uh, but by the way, I just want to mention closer Evan Phillips. Has 12 saves right now for the He's Dodgers. He's been really good for two years. And that's now. unreal. He's been really good. I, I, I'm i still trying to figure out what made Evan Phillips really good. I think someone said he has a gyro slider now that's just unbelievable and that no one can really hit. So it's it's beyond me how Evan Phillips turned himself around from one of the worst relievers uh, the Orioles had on their team for a few years to the, one of the best relievers the Dodgers have now. So that's, that's yeah. pretty interesting. But the Braves are the number one team in baseball. I think that's pretty undisputable. Yeah, there's – I mean – Offense is really good. Starting rotation is really good. Bullpen is really good. They're probably going to add another piece too at the deadline. Um, could be Otani. Could be. It, it. It could be. If if the Braves add Shohei Otani, it's over. Yeah, it's over. Yeah, I agree they're the champions. I agree with Just that. crown them. Just don't even have the playoffs. Have the playoffs because we want to see the Orioles playing in October and we want to see them playing the Braves in the World Series. But if the Braves add Otani, it's over. At one hundred percent. Yeah. But you know that would just be an embarrassment of riches because they don't need him. But Every team needs Otani, I guess is the point, though. So, um, yeah, very good segments. Always, it's always a ton of fun. Um, Real quick before we leave the Braves, Ronald Acuna is slashing 328, 406, 579. He's got 23 home runs. And he's got like 50 stolen bases. <laughs> this guy, yeah, for, 44 stolen bases. If that's not MVP, that's. No, I, he's. He, I don't know what We it is. already know the MVPs. Yeah. The, the MVP yeah. in the, o- in the American League Acuna. is Otani, the MVP in the National League is Acuna. Can they still give Otani the American League MVP when he gets traded to the Braves? Can they still give that to him? Can they bo- can they win co MVP in the National League? I don't think that works like that. Yeah, I think it, it can't. Yeah, it, you know, it's um, I remember. Rick, I don't remember. I wasn't alive, but Rick Sutcliffe got traded. He was like thirteen. He yeah. he he got traded to the Cubs and went like thirteen and zero and won the National League Cy Young. Yeah. Um. He, he was yeah. he was in the American League and he got traded to the Cubs and won the National League Cy Young by going like thirteen and zero for the for, or like. 13 and 1 for the um the Cubs that year. It was crazy. What's amazing, the rookie of the year last year too, Michael Harris has had a very average year. He's 100 OPS plus right now. He's been okay. And last year he was an 132 OPS plus. He's significantly come down from uh, he's having a sophomore slump and I think that's fair to say. But that's how good the Braves are. 
the guy they just gave a massive extension the offseason, Michael Harris, and the rookie of the year last year, is having a very average year, and they're still this incredible. 30 games above 500. Yeah. 30 games. And they're absolutely... They, they're... They are greater than 99.9% to make the postseason. Yeah, they are. Yeah. They are. 21.7% to win the World Series. When do you ever wow. see a, a percentage that high to win the World Series? To be the team left standing, their percentage for that is 217 Yeah. It's crazy. Dodgers, by the way, are 13%, which yeah. is hard to believe as well. But I'm also going to go to the Orioles and see what, what percent that baseball reference has them. They're 98.3 to make postseason. Oh, 93.3, excuse me. Uh, and then 6.3% to win the World Series. So that's still pretty good. This Braves lineup, man. Sean Murphy, 17 home runs, 57 ribeye stakes. Olsen, 32.80. Ozzie Albies, 22.66. Austin Riley, 21.58. And he's hit five home runs in four days. Um... Eddie Rosario, 15 and 44. Ronald Acuna Jr., 23 and 58. And oh, by the way, 44 stolen bases. This team is stupid. This, uh, Marcelo Suna, 18 homers, 43 RBIs. Now he's slashing, he's got a 70, 760 OPS. Um, he's got a 760 OPS, uh, OPS because he's hitting 234 with 309 on base percentage, but he's their worst hitter. Yeah. And he's got 18 home runs. This team is absolutely ridiculous. And then you look at their their starting rotation: Spencer Strider, 11 and three with a 3.78; Charlie Morton, 10 and he, the ageless wonder, 10 and seven with a 3.36; Bryce Elder, seven and two with a 3.31. Bryce Elder's awesome. Like yeah. they are absolutely stupid good, stupid good. It's crazy. Their closer though has a 408 ERA, so they're hmm. they're gonna go out and get a, and get a closer. They very well could. They, they're gonna they're they going, could be the guy who gets uh, the team that gets Scott Barlow. Yeah, they're they're gonna go and trade for a closer, guaranteed, guaranteed. Maybe they'll bring Kenley Jansen back. You never know. Maybe. Where, where's Kenley right now? Is Boston. He in Boston. Boston. Hmm. He's in Boston. Yeah, so that that seems like a team Boston. that would like to, to yeah, get but, rid of. Yeah, but they are also trying for a wild card. They're in fourth place. Yeah, they are in the ALE, so they've got fifty one wins. They're somehow still in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah well, because they have they they hit. Yeah, they do. They hit. Um, great segment. We got to catch a break. When we come back in, uh, we are going to hear from MLB Pipeline, MLB.com. Uh, Jonathan Mayo, that's next on the Battle Round. It's a Maryland thing you wouldn't understand. Where the waves meet the shore, you will find Dorchester County. Hi, this is Jimmy Charles. When I think of Maryland, I think Dorchester County on the eastern shore where it's open for making memories. Dorchester County, it's a Maryland thing. For more info, visit www.visitdorchester.org. It's a Maryland Costas Inn has been serving up delicious steamed crabs for over 50 years. Lately, the crabs you want to eat when the weather warms up have gotten harder and harder to get. So get your crab-eating game plan in place. Make sure to stick this number on your fridge, 410-477-1975. Call ahead and reserve the size crabs you want. You may be able to walk in, but you may also be disappointed at the size or maybe even get shut out altogether. So call ahead, have a plan, and then arrive on your crab-eating vacation. Costas also has delicious crab soup and crab cakes. The Costas Inn at 4100 North Point Boulevard. For more than 50 years, they've been satisfying crab lovers in and around Baltimore. 
The All-America Senior Game, powered by New Balance, will be back at Johns Hopkins Homewood Field on July 29th. The most decorated girls and boys lacrosse players in the country have been invited to play in what is the premier lacrosse event of the year. Every college coach wants their players in this game, and if you dream of being in this game, you start by trying out for one of your regional underclass teams this summer. The best against the best. Get your tickets now at allamericalacrosse.com. Are you a diehard O's fan looking for the perfect way to show your team spirit? Look no further than Birdland Sports. Birdland Sports is a small business run by fans for fans. They offer a wide variety of unofficial O's merchandise from the Birds Are Coming tees to player cartoon shirts and more. And the best part? Their prices are more affordable than the big guys. So head to birdlandsports.com and grab your gear today. Show your support for the birds with Birdland Sports. Soak up summertime fun in Charm City. Enjoy only in Baltimore festivals, mouth-watering eats, and endless entertainment. Cheer on the O's at Camden Yards. Pick crabs by the waterfront. Beat the heat inside a world-class museum and make memories that will last a lifetime. Go to Baltimore.org for more information and to plan your visit. I'm Griffin Bass, and I have the extraordinary, mind-blowing, and life-affirming pleasure of being the new producer for the absolute funniest, smartest, and most handsome sports host in all of Baltimore. Wait a second. Glenn. I'm working for you, not Jeremy Kahn. If you're not listening to Glenn Clark Radio, here's what you're missing. He's Coach Kevin Willard. Glenn, thanks for having me. Baltimore Ravens wide receiver, Rashad Bateman. Thank you, I appreciate it. He is outfielder Cedric Mullins. Thank you guys for having me. Mr. Marcus Williams, who's now with us. Man, I appreciate it. Happy to be on. Ravens kicker, Justin Tucker. Thanks for having me. Adley Rutschman. Absolutely, thanks for having me on. John Angelos. Thanks a lot, good to be with you. He is Gunnar Henderson. Thank you all so much. Marlon Humphrey. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Talia Tungavailoa. Thank you guys for having me. He is J.K. Dobbins. Thank you for having me, I had a great time. It's a great Ray Lewis. Always good to be on. He is Mr. Cal Ripken Jr. Good chatting with you. Watch Glenn Clark Radio at youtube.com slash pressboxonline and listen live at pressboxonline.com slash radio or anytime on Apple, Spotify, Amazon, or anywhere you get your podcasts. I'm Michael Jan Grandy, president of AJ Michaels, your carrier energy expert for 44 years. Save money, energy, and make your home more comfortable and virus-free. Find us at ajmichaels.com. That's ajmichaels.com. All electronic tolling is here to stay in Maryland and driveeasymd.com helps you cruise a little easier. We're Maryland's tolling resource. Home to Easy Pass, pay by plate and video tolling. It's never been easier to pay your way. driveeasymd.com will keep you moving. Welcome back to the Bat Around. Today's show brought to you by Press Box's Glenn Clark Radio, which is the definitive place to find the best daily discussion of Baltimore sports. Watch the show every weekday from 10 a.m. to noon at youtube.com slash pressboxonline or facebook.com slash pressboxsports or listen to it at pressboxonline.com slash radio with podcasts available on iTunes, Spotify, or anywhere you get your podcasts. You never know who might pop up on GCR. This week, the guys caught up with the Orioles pitcher Cole Irvin, the legendary Tippy Martinez, former Ravens running back Ray Rice, and ESPN Sal Palantonio. You can find those interviews and more right now in the Glenn Clark Radio Week in review feature at pressboxonline.com. Joining us now from MLB.com and MLB Pipeline, he is Jonathan Mayo. Jonathan, it's Paul, it's Zach. Thanks so much for taking some time for us today. Happy Saturday, everybody. Happy Saturday to you. Did you have uh, enough opportunity to uh, regain some uh, some 
uh, some some charge in your batteries after the whole draft wildness. There, there, there's not enough time in the world for that in, in its entirety. I think it's one of those like you know you plug your phone in and you know you only have about 15 minutes. Right. And you hope you just get enough charge to to get you going. So no, I I had a nice break. Thank you very much. And uh, having the draft and the futures game and the high school all American game all stacked up against you know one after another is it's a lot in our uh, in our neck of the woods. Yeah, it's probably the busiest time of the year for you, I'm sure. So a vacation, no doubt. well deserved. Thanks for taking some time for us this morning, Jonathan. Now, <sighs> Orioles, 17th overall pick in the draft. They take Enrique Bradfield Jr. outfielder out of Vanderbilt. 80 grade speed, 70 grade defense. The Orioles have the time to develop him properly, considering their outfield looks to be set and loaded for the next couple of years. But what it would be his timeline in your estimation? Well. You know, the, the speed and the defense he could use right now, mm-hmm. right, if you want to. And all it comes down to with Enrique Bradfield is impact at the bat. Sure. Is he going to hit enough, especially as he moves up the ladder? Uh, you know, he has added a little bit of strength. Uh, you know, he's never going to be a home run guy. It's really just you don't want him to be one of those the bat gets knocked out of his hands kind of guys you know, who can only slap the ball the other way. Uh, and you know, there are enough people who see some Kenny Lofton in him, mm-hmm. um, to think that maybe that's what he can become. And it's not like Kenny Lofton never was a huge power guy, but he drove the ball. And I think that's what they want to see, you know, uh, from Enrique Bradfield. And it was a little up and down for him this year at, at Vanderbilt. Um, but you can't teach that kind of speed and it's not just, Oh, he's a good center fielder. Cause he's really fast. He's a tremendous center fielder. So it's plus instincts, reads and routes along with that speed. Uh, so then it's, it's in terms of a timetable, I think it's just going to be a question of sort of strength and conditioning and, you know, how they feel he's impacting the ball. He may, you know, work his butt off during this off season, show up uh, and go to Aberdeen next year and start driving the ball to the gaps. And then it's off to the races and he might get there pretty quick. Uh, is there a world where he and Cedric Mullins can be patrolling the same outfield for the Orioles? Uh, yeah, I, I guess one of them would have to play a corner. Who, who are you going to move? Uh, I would, um, uh, Cedric, I would imagine. So, I, well, I mean, I think it depends on when he gets there. And it may be the kind of thing where initially Bradfield has to play a corner. Um, you know, and then, uh, but, you know, I think it's one of those things you, you figure it out. And this, this is a, an instance where the Orioles, yeah, they have a ton of outfield depth, but they took who they thought was the, the best available player uh, at the time when they picked at 17, and you don't worry about what's at the upper levels. And I think that's the, the right call to make. So let's say it takes Enrique Bradfield. Uh, we'll be, like, super pushy, aggressive. And he's ready in less than two years. We'll see what's going on with the Colton Kowsers and the Heston Kerstads of the world, right? We don't know how they're going to be performing. Uh, maybe somebody from that group gets traded. Uh, the Orioles are clearly at a point now where they can start to trade without ripping apart the farm system because they'll never do that. They, they, they could start trading from some of those areas of depth at the upper levels. Um, the, the Orioles' second pick in the draft, Mac Horvath, UNC outfielder. Good speed, strong arm. Questions about the bat. Um ML, you, you all had him ranked, I believe, 87th. The Orioles took him with the 53rd overall pick. Yeah. Was that a bit of a reach for him, or is is this a guy who can live up to that to that potential? Yeah, listen, our rankings are, are 
clearly subjective, both Jim Callis and I talked to a ton of people to try to build as much consensus as possible. But uh, there is not really that much difference between 50-something and 80-something. We had him at 82nd. Um, uh, You know, yeah, he could live up to that potential. One of the things that's interesting about this Orioles draft in general, even though they went like super college heavy, they drafted a lot of college guys with ceiling and question marks. It's not your typical like, oh, this guy is a college performer, kind of boring they're all guys that have like very interesting attributes that if you can get it to click, uh, that they can end up being really good. And Matt Corvath is one of those guys. I mean, power speed combination is, is very exciting. And, you know, the Orioles may have seen something in, in the way he does things that they think is fixable. And if they can fix it, then you're looking at a, at a guy with really, really good potential, you know, is probably always going to swing and miss a, a little bit. Um, you know, probably put him in a corner outfield. Uh, maybe they, maybe they want to let him try the dirt again, but I think those days are probably gone, but, uh, the, the speed, the arm and the power, it could be a, a good right fielder type, uh, eventually. Now, Kiefer Lord, he was a, the Orioles third round pick. He's the highest drafted pitcher of the Mike Elias era. He wasn't thought of coming out of high school, had to begin his collegiate career at uh, a division three Carlton college before transferring to Washington. Um, is this another one of those guys with the ceiling question mark who has the attributes, like you were saying, where he could be a, a guy for them? What can we really expect out of this pick? Yeah, for the record, Jackson Baumeister went ahead of Kiefer Lord, so oh. he was the first, the earliest pitcher. Um, but uh, but your point is still well taken about Kiefer Lord, and he fits that bill exactly right um, because he you know started in Division Three and kind of has been a late bloomer. He was a guy was really tough for me to figure out. And Jim Callis and I split up the country and I have the Pacific Northwest and, you know, we saw Kiefer Lord's name on other lists and we heard people talking a lot about him. And if you look at his numbers at Washington, you might be like, I don't, I don't get it, but he is six, three, he's projectable. He's still learning. Like he basically taught himself how to pitch and that's where the velocity ticked up during the pandemic and then he transferred to Washington. So I think there's still a lot that can be uh, uncovered and unlocked with him. And I think that's why there were a lot of people that were interested. I mean, listen, he's already up to 97 at times and sat around 94. There might be a little bit more. He's got a field of spin. Uh, he throws both the slider and a curve. Maybe he should just focus on, on the slider. And there's even some feel for a changeup. So you're talking a three or four pitch mix with some ceiling. So, you know, sometimes you have to look beyond just what those stats are in college and see the, the individual ingredients and his background and the lack of instruction and things of that nature and his aptitude for, for learning on his own. Uh, that goes a long way. Uh, and certainly an intriguing pick. It's interesting to see the Orioles take a couple of pitchers that high. Um, the reason I thought that he was taken for Baumeister is because he signed, and Baumeister still hasn't signed yet. But let's talk a little oh, bit yeah. about, about Jackson Baumeister, who was taken in the competitive, competitive balance round B. Uh, he's a second-round pick, essentially, for the Orioles, and his college numbers aren't eye-popping, and yet there he is in the second right. round. What about Baumeister makes him that intriguing of a pick for the Orioles? I think it's a similar situation. Uh, you know, Baumeister has been on radar since high school and I know the area scouts, you know, it's sort of gotten a little bit tired, uh, you know, of him. Sometimes you get these guys who uh, locally are, are thought of as sort of more famous than good. 
because his name is, he was a top 100 guy on our 2021 list. Uh, and he just hadn't clicked. It did at times at Florida state, Florida state was a mess this year. And I think that, that there's a lot to say about that because guys roles were changed. Um, he pretty much, you know, stayed in their rotation. Uh, he was a reliever as a freshman. He was a starter last summer in the Cape and, and, and was one of the few constants in what had been a mess of a season for, for the Seminoles. Again, he can reach back for 97. He might throw harder, more consistently uh, as he adds strength. He's six foot four. Uh, he's, he's got a curve. He's got like a cutter, like slider. The changeup is, is not as good, but he's durable. Um, you know, he, he's going to have to work on his command, but again, that there that's an intriguing package for a pitcher. He's got a little leverage as a draft eligible sophomore. And I, that's probably why he is the one who hasn't signed yet, but I expect that he will sign and, you know, before the deadline. Are there any picks uh, that the Orioles made that maybe aren't uh, thought of or talked about that could be a diamond in the rough for this organization? Yeah. You know, there isn't anybody in the late rounds. I mean, you know, like they took Tanner Witt in the 18th round. He's not, he's not going to sign. Right. If they got that done, that would be, that would be something uh, because he's got first round talent. He just got hurt. I think the guy that sort of jumps out at me uh, is probably their fifth rounder, Jake Cunningham kind of fits the bill of what we talked about. Another outfielder from UNC Charlotte, uh, unbelievable tools. He was hurt. Uh, and, and, you know, played as, as a DH for a while, but when he's fully healthy, uh, he can really, really run. Uh, he can play defense. He can play center field again, but there's bat speed, there's strength. He's six foot four. Uh, you know, there, there's a lot of qualities there, but again, questions about the hit tool. So it's another sort of power speed combination guy who could play up the middle. Um, and because, because of, as you, your point about Enrique Bradfield at the start, they can uh, let him take his time to develop. And, you know, if he doesn't get to the big leagues, 25 or whatever, so be it. Um, but there are some really interesting raw tools there. And to get that uh, in the fifth round, slightly under slot, that's a pretty good get. Uh, and I'll tell you, Jonathan, the Orioles with their draft picks in this under the Michael Elias regime, there aren't many failed picks. A lot of them haven't made it to the majors yet, but a lot of them are really performing in the minor leagues, which is really nice to see. Uh, so you have the confidence that they're going to be able to develop these guys and turn them into something. And no player gives you more confidence in that than Jackson Holiday. Uh, yeah. he, he kind of you know rose through the ranks last year to be taken number one overall by the Orioles. He's 19 years old, just promoted to double A, collected hits in his first four games, including three multi-hit performances. Hit list the last two games, but that happens. How good is this kid? Could he make it to AAA uh, this season? And at what point do you think he makes it to Baltimore? Could he make it to AAA? Sure. Um, you know, and this is without looking at the AAA roster, you know, and that we all know that the Orioles also have uh, a bunch of middle infielders. Uh, so depending on who is there at the time, it may make sense just to let him finish out in AA. Mm -hmm. You know, when you've got, uh, you know, depending on where Jordan Westberg is, Joey Ortiz, Connor Norby, uh, you, you, you have all these guys. You got Kobe Mayo playing third base now in AAA, right? So, 
Um, or, and he can play first base also. So there's a limited amount of spots. So you're not going to move him just to move him. Sure. You're going to, if you're going to move him, it's for him to play mostly shortstop. Maybe you fold in some third base if that's what you want to do. Uh, so I don't think there'd be any harm with him staying put. It's not a sign that like, Oh, they don't think he's ready. I think it's just, you know, let's pump the brakes a little bit. Uh, listen, the way he's been performing, if it were another organization, another time, like he could be up in September. I don't think he would be in over his head. Um, he can, you know, he can do a lot of things. Well, even if he's not swinging the bat that well to, to help a team win, but I think we're looking at some point next year, uh, depending on how many games he's played, I wonder if they just let him stay in double A. They send him to the fall league, and then they use that as a springboard uh, to, you know, to getting him ready for Baltimore for next year. And yes, I am planting that seed into the universe because I really want to see him play in the fall league this year. <laughs> I, I want to see that guy play as much baseball as possible. He's yes. such he is such a talented kid, and it, it's just crazy. It's crazy, one, to think about how far he's come so quickly, and two, to think that apparently he's not even the best player in his own family. Apparently his younger brother, uh, Ethan, Ethan, is an animal. He's a, he's a, he's a beast. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll have to wait and see. Ethan is definitely more physical. He's bigger. You know, uh, there's more, you know, now power that you'll see. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jackson may be a slightly better athlete, but it's close. It's close. I tried to get Jackson to say that Ethan's the better player and he, uh, he, he won't quite go there, which is good. Um, the best thing I heard though, was, uh, during the futures game, uh, Ken Griffey jr. Sort of, uh, sidled up next to Matt holiday and said, so what's it like to be the third best holiday in the family? That is so funny because he's a seven time all-star multi-time yeah. silver slugger. I, that, and that's, I loved the Jackson holiday pick because when I was younger, I wanted Matt Holiday in Baltimore so badly. Became a free agent a couple of times, and they never pulled the trigger on it. Uh, so to have his son, it, it's going to be awesome. I, I'm, I'm super excited. The fan in me is super excited. So, and everybody who follows your world should be excited because he's just a great kid and a great player. Yep. Um, another really good player who, probably because of Jackson Holiday, may never get a fair shake in Baltimore is Joey Ortiz, three forty two at Norfolk with a four hundred three OBP and a nine seventy four OPS. Um, I thought that he was going to be the Orioles' starting shortstop coming out of spring training if Jorge Mateo didn't um, finish it strong and if, he, and if Ortiz didn't get hurt. Uh, he didn't really get a fair shake in his two promotions to the big leagues this year. Uh, why hasn't he gotten a fair shake this year when, he, when the opportunity was there? And is he the Orioles' biggest trade chip right now? Because in my opinion, he could be the starting shortstop for half the teams in the league right now. Uh, well, we know defensively, absolutely, and the, and the bat has come around to where, I, where I agree with you. Uh, I, I would think there are a number of players that they could trade. It really depends on what they want to do personnel wise and who they want to play where, uh, we mentioned, you know, Westberg, Ortiz and Norby Norby has the benefit of being able to play the outfield. What you know, Westberg and Ortiz can play multiple positions. Uh, it almost does Joey Ortiz a disservice to have him play second base because he's so good defensively. But, mm-hmm. you know, I, I think, uh, you know, that or, you know, again, we've got Kowser and Kerstad. I don't think any, either of them are going anywhere right now, but, you know, you still can only play three outfielders at a time. So right. I think, it, I think it's gonna, it's gonna depend on what the right fit is. Uh, and, uh, and it may be the kind of thing where they trade a big leaguer away, uh, an establishment, a more established big leaguer 
to make room for some of these younger guys and bring in pitching, you know, say, because that's, you know, there isn't as much pitching in the system as we've discussed. Uh, but, uh, you know, so it, it remains to be seen. But of the prospects, Joey Ortiz probably fits that sort of free the prospect mold mm-hmm. uh, better than anybody. You've mentioned Heston Kersat a couple of times. I didn't put him in my notes, but now I do want to ask about him. Could he be in the major leagues right now? Do you think that he factors into the Orioles' plans this season? And what kind of an impact could he make at the big league level for the 2023 Orioles? I mean, it's hard not to think that he can. He's done everything. You know, ever since he's returned, uh, he's done nothing but hit. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I saw him in the fall league, and he, you know, he was the be- you know, arguably the best player there, MVP, and uh, playing with a joy that makes sense given, you know, what he had to go through and, right. and, 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 you know, the myocarditis and, uh, you know, it's amazing to see when the young players think that maybe the game's going to be taken away from them. Uh, and so, but it's the fall league and you take that with a grain of salt, it's hitter friendly. And he just has kept doing it this year at the upper levels, um, you know, and has, you know, arguably been better in AAA than he was in AA where he was pretty, pretty good. So he's, he's what, close to a thousand OPS in Norfolk. Uh, yeah, I think he could compete in the big leagues right now. It's again, a question of opportunity. You don't bring him up for him not to play every day. Um, now, you know, that said, if it's September and they're trying to decide and they want a left-handed bat to come off the bench, uh, and fill in, you know, uh, in, in the outfield or DH or something like that, I, he would be maybe one of the first guys that I would, I would call upon, uh, if they feel that they need, you know, some, something like that to help them down the stretch as they look towards the playoffs. Well, he's certainly an intriguing player, ready to see what he can do at the big league level. But, you know, he's um, he's he's blocked. Whether they haven't played first base, the outfield, or DH, the Orioles have a number of guys that fit that mold yep. who are big leaguers and producing. So it could be a while for no other reason, through no, no fault of his own. Jonathan, always great when we have you on the show. Before we let you go, you've recently written a book. Uh, it's called Smart, Wrong, and Lucky, The Origin Stories of Baseball's Unexpected Stars. Tell us a little bit about, about this book and where people can find it. Uh, you can find it wherever you find books, you know, Amazon, Barnes & Noble. Uh, I'm a big fan of you know the local independent bookstores, so check to see if they can order, order it for you. Uh, the one in my neighborhood you know, is, is, is getting it you know, stacked in because I stopped in, so you can order it through them. But the, the basic premise is, uh, you know, we've spent a lot of time talking about the guys that the Orioles have taken at the top of the first round because that's where they've been drafting. But we all know that uh, not every baseball superstar in the big leagues comes from the top of the first round. And, uh, I spend a lot of my time talking to scouts, and they all have stories, often of guys that they missed on. Uh, but this is a story. These are all stories, mostly through the eyes of scouts, of guys that they hit on in the later rounds who ended up being much better than even they expected. And they're all too smart and have been humbled by the game too much. So they would never say, Oh, I knew Albert Pujols was going to be a hall of famer. or I knew Jacob deGrom when we took him in the ninth round uh, was going to be uh, the best pitcher on the planet for a number of years in the national league. So it's all, it's all guys like that who went later on and then far exceeded what their expectations were to, to become some of the game's best stars. So it's kind of their, they're how they were scouted and discovered. It, it, it sounds like a really fun read and a, and a book that any baseball fan should own. I'm actually going to order my copy sometime this weekend. I was, I was reading the description. I was like, man, I got to read this book. It just, it looks, it sounds super cool and super, super fun. So uh, what do you got coming up on the websites this week? 
Uh, you know, we're still reporting draft signings. Uh, I think the signing deadline's coming up, and, uh, and the, soon thereafter, we will be doing a full re-rank of our top 100 and all our top 30 lists to fold in uh, all the, you know, all the draft guys. So stay tuned in a couple of weeks. We'll figure out where Enrique Bradfield Jr. figures into a very, very deep Orioles top 30. Excellent. Jonathan, thank you so much for taking some time for us. I can't wait to talk to you again here down the line. We're going to plug that book for you again here. Uh, Smart, Wrong, and Lucky, The Origin Stories of Baseball's Unexpected Stars. Go and pick that book up anywhere you find books. Go to your local bookstore, um, little mom and pop shop if you can, and support local business. Jonathan, thanks so much, man. We'll talk to you down the line, all right? Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Take care. That was Jonathan Mayo from MLB.com and MLBPipeline.com joining us to recap some of the Orioles' draft picks and talk a little bit about their uh, current homegrown talent that's really starting to flourish at the upper levels of the minors and in the major leagues. Always great to talk to Jonathan Mayo. Uh, always great when you can pick up the latest edition of Pressbox, which is available now. On the cover, Dave Ginsburg remembers Goose as he looks back on the impact the late Tony Saragusa had both on and off the field in Baltimore. Plus, he explains how Goose's kids are working to continue that legacy with the Goose Flights program. Also inside, Todd Karpovich profiles the path Tyler Wells has taken to becoming a star in the Orioles rotation. And you'll find a special summer travel guide with information about events and activities throughout the state. Pressbox is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores. You can always find the entire edition as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. we got to catch our final break. When we come back in, take to break and final thoughts. That's next on The Batter Round. Catch that festival feeling in Charm City. Everywhere you go, you'll find exciting entertainment, delicious eats, and endless summertime fun. Cheer on the O's at Camden Yards, pick crabs by the waterfront, beat the heat inside a world-class museum, and make memories that will last a lifetime. Go to Baltimore.org for more information and to plan your visit. Maryland drivers, did you know you can save up to 77% on tolls with an Easy Pass Maryland discount plan? That's right, 77%. It's never been easy. Pick the plan that's right for you at driveezmd.com. We'll keep you moving. The All-America Senior Game, powered by New Balance, will be back at Johns Hopkins Homewood Field on July 29th. The most decorated girls and boys lacrosse players in the country have been invited to play in what is the premier lacrosse event of the year. Every college coach wants their players in this game, and if you dream of being in this game, you start by trying out for one of your regional underclass teams this summer. The best against the best. Get your tickets now at allamericalacrosse.com. Another exciting weekend of affordable family fun at Prince George's Stadium with the Bowie Bay Sox. Weekend starts on the 21st with our Bowie Pit Beef Night. Come on out and grab a bite. Back-to-back fireworks carry on to Saturday with the Island Luau, a free Bay Sox Hawaiian shirt to the first 750 fans. And it closes on Sunday with Heroes Day. Bay Sox jerseys auctioned off to support local charities. Get your tickets now by calling 301-805-6000 or anytime online at baysox.com. The Bowie Bay Sox, let us be your nine-inning vacation. Whether your focus is luxury and comfort, convenience and technologically advanced connectivity, or sporty performance and aggressive styling, we've got the perfect Highlander for you. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Highlanders from your local Toyota dealer today. That first sip. That first bite. 
Start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms. Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world. At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night. It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. It's a Maryland thing. Where the waves meet the shore, you will find Dorchester County. Hi, this is Jimmy Charles. When I think of Maryland, I think Dorchester County on the eastern shore where it's open for making memories. Dorchester County, it's a Maryland thing. For more info, visit www.visitdorchester.org. It's a Maryland The latest edition of PressBox is available now. On the cover, Dave Ginsburg remembers Goose as he looks back on the impact that late Tony Saragusa had both on and off the field here in Baltimore. Plus, he explains how Goose's kids are working to continue that legacy with the Goose Flights program. Also inside, Todd Karpovich profiles the path Tyler Wells has taken to becoming a star in the Orioles rotation. And you'll find a special summer travel guide with information about events and activities throughout the state. PressBox is available for free at over 500 area locations including 60 Royal Farm stores. And you can always find the entire edition, as well as the best daily coverage of the O's, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. Your summer destination is closer than you think at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland. With an expansive gaming floor and incredible dining options ready for you to explore, your adventure awaits. Dine at the new Coho Korean Barbecue House coming in July or on the patio at the Prime Rib. Enjoy the summertime breeze at Orchid Smoking Patio. Limited time packages starting at $229. What are you waiting for? Book now. At Arundel Mills, must be 21. Please play responsibly for help. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call one. 800 gambler welcome back in to the batter round really nice show today really nice day today i walked outside yeah. it wasn't humid it was like 73 degrees i was like oh it's a perfect day Watch, I'll walk it's out there. Thing. It'll 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 be uh, hotter than the devil's taint outside. But uh, wow, that's but, a wild. But for comment. now, it looks it looks beautiful outside. The other night I came home, I was um, what the hell was I? Oh, I, I went to hang out at um, at my buddy Adam's house on okay. Wednesday night, and I came home and I'm I'm driving and I stop off at Redner's because I was trying to find this. There is a seasoning called tahin. T-A-J-I-N. Okay, I tried it. We have it at Baco for some reason. And I tried it last week. I just put a little bit on my hand and licked it, and it was <laughs> okay. It was phenomenal. It was like Old Bay with lime. It was absolutely fantastic. I can't find it anywhere. I cannot find it I mean, anywhere. Amazon, man. So I stopped. Yeah, but I want it when I want it. I don't want to wait for oh, the okay. delivery. But if I had ordered, Amazon does like one day delivery. These I know, days. but like, if I had, if I had ordered it on Wednesday, I'd already have it and have been enjoying it by now. But okay. I really want to have it on a potato chip. <laughs> okay, I really feel like a potato chip, like a, like a plain like potato chip. Like like it, no, I think that a potato chip company should make a tahini flavored oh, chip. Okay, my 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 coworkers at Baco told me that, that Lay's does. They do not. I looked it up. Lay's does not make never a tahini potato chip. Oh, this is better anyway. Uh, I'd never heard of it till last week. It was it was d. Delicious! It is so good. I have to have it. I'm gonna have to stop somewhere today on the way home and try to see if I can't find there it. There you go. But absolutely phenomenal seasoning. But that's why I stopped off at Redner's and I got out of the car, and it was like it ended up pouring its butt off 
last, that that particular yeah. night. But when I got out of the car, it was just like a perfect summer night to me. It was like, it was warm, but not stupid warm and not stupid humid. It was warm and it was humid, but it was like, it was okay. just a perfect July night. I, I was, it, And it brought back memories of like when I used to be like a camp counselor and you like you would like the nights were yours to do whatever you wanted. It was just beautiful weather out all mm-hmm. the time. It, it just for some reason it just was a very like nostalgic moment for me. Serene. Yes, it was very serene. It was it was a gorgeous night. That's why I like I love spring and summer and hate the winter. You don't get nights like that in the winter. Mm, I disagree. You don't and you don't get the winter's the best, man. Winter, I love it. Winter I can't sucks. wait. Fall. I'm so I like fall nights because you can be in a hoodie and just hang out outside and it, it's cool. Yeah. Um, winter is you know it's it's. Awful. No. It's what's the opposite False. of of the devil's taint? Is it like the, um the devil's taint? Is it like a a, a snowman's grundle? I don't know. <laughs> um, it, that's winter. It sucks. Winter sucks. Unless you live in a place where you can ski and take advantage. And we didn't get any snow this no, past year, which, we did which not, no. I loved. My wife hated it because we never got to see our. our oh, I, I skied twenty six times. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, and then, well. Yeah, but you uh, who has time for that? 20, <laughs> yeah, me, Twenty-two yeah. year olds have time Se- for seniors that. Seniors in 30, college, yeah. thirty-eight year olds that work six days a week don't have time for that. Yeah. So, um, but I digress. Nobody gives a crap about this. Take to rake. Uh, I took Cedric Mullins last week. He got hurt the day that I took him. So yeah, thanks Cedric. Um, Zach, you took Gunnar Henderson. Luke took Jordan Westberg. I have the numbers here. Gunnar Henderson, 240, 310, 680, 990 OPS. He had a double, two triples, two home runs, four RBIs, three walks, five strikeouts. That sounds uh, like it's going to get her done. Six for 25. Jordan Westberg, uh, 235, 235, 294, 529. He had four hits, a double, and an RBI. I cannot believe. No walks and six strikeouts. I cannot believe for all the home runs Jordan Westberg has hit over the last two years, he has none yet. Yeah, I, I was going to say that earlier in the show because you mentioned someone else's power not really showing up yet, and hit, that's a great example of it. He has not yet hit a home run. And the crazy thing is I've watched him now twice in the last week get a base hit off a ball that he had no idea where it went off the bat. Yeah. Where, and it, the one was a looper to left against the Twins, and the one was a looper to right the other night against um, against the Rays. He, he hit the ball and had no idea where it was. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And he's gotten two base hits out of that. Well, um, good for him, I guess. But but they, yeah. So Zach, you win. Uh, take the rake. You know the rules. Can't take Gunner. Who you got? Ooh. You know I'd love to take Ryan O'Hearn, but I don't. I don't know. He's been a little colder as of late. Um, still tearing the cover off the ball. Exit velos are yeah, still up there. I'm trying to think of of a guy who's been hot over the past few weeks. I know. I mean, Gunner has been really. Gunner's one of the one of the few. Um. I'm thinking hard about this. I guess give me Rutschman. I don't know. Adley Rutschman. Give me Rutschman. You got to write these down. Remember, this is your that, job. That's now. my job now. See, I'm torn. The obvious choice is Gunnar Henderson. He might be the best player on the team right now. That's the obvious choice. And then the dark horse choice for me would be Colton Kowser because he's going to break out of this in a big way sooner than later. I gotta take Gunner. I can't leave Gunner out there. It, uh, you know he's um he just snapped a sixteen game. Rushman Gunner sounds good. Uh, he just snapped a sixteen uh, game on base streak, um last night by going over four. That that dude he, he hit his first homer off a lefty the other day and it was a shot four hundred thirty one feet. It's funny because when he hit it, but it's weird how like you can look at a ballpark. You, you've watched enough games at Camden Yards that you generally know the distance yeah. on a home run based on where they hit it. Yeah. 
And where he hit it, I, I, I said, that ball was like 432 feet. Yeah. It was 431. Pretty impressive. Just based off of where he hit it. Um, he's he's the best player on the team. Yeah. He's been leading this team offensively for the better part of two months now. Gunnar Henderson is my pick for take the rake this okay. week. So Gunnar Henderson for me, Adley Rutschman for Zachary, Alan Goodman. Um, final, fi- finally, before we get out of here, final thoughts. Um, Zach, you can go first for your final thoughts if you want. Since you well, want my middle name's not Alan. Uh, we'll start there. Um, do you hate that I call you that? I just do. It I, I don't hate it. I'm not. I'm not offended. Uh, okay. My final thought is going to have to do with what we're doing tomorrow, uh, Paul. I'm gonna for the first time we've ever played together. I'm going to beat you in golf. We're, I'm going to beat you. You probably will, man. I suck right now. I, I've <laughs> I, I've barely well, played since the golf trip at the end of May. I haven't played much either. You know, and so. um, the last time I played, I struck the ball pretty well. I'm I'm you know I'm not confident in my putting. Um. But I'm confident enough in my irons. I really, I don't know. Uh, the the competitive, the last, so last year, you texted me after you uh, shot an 89 oh, in Geneva. This, yeah. Yeah. And you were like, I just broke an 80, I just broke 90. I shot well, 89 I, in Geneva, yeah. no mulligans. Just just, were, just to, for context, I had only been playing golf for like a year and a half. So I was yeah. pretty happy about that. Even that without context, breaking, most people cannot break 90 mm-hmm. in golf. And Zach hasn't been playing that long. And I said to my, thought to myself, I was like, that's awesome, man. And I thought to myself, He's going to be better than me at golf, but not today. Not today. My next this. round, I went to the wetlands, and I shot an 82. Yeah. So I just for – we are playing at the wetlands, and I've yeah. never played well there. I've played there twice, one time with you and one time with my brother, I think, and neither time has gone well. So it, it, I don't know that course as well as the courses I usually play. Like mm-hmm. I'm always usually one of two courses that are right near my house. So tomorrow with the wetlands, that's going to be interesting. Um, I you might have me just because you know the course better as well. That's gonna help. I'd never play well there either. I, I shot an 82 there last year. That's I've, pretty good. I, I've I've shot in the 30s on the back nine a couple of times okay. there. Um, but this year when I've played there, I have yet to play well. And I yeah. and and the thing is, when I start playing poorly, I kind of like melt down. Um, same here. You know what I mean? So like it's uh, I don't know. I'm just looking forward to getting out there. And I'm gonna try and take the pressure off myself. I, I want to play well, but I to expect to play, I, I would be pulling a Paul Anthony Valley Jr. MD. Um, <laughs> MD. <laughs> move. My, my dad gets super mad when he doesn't play well, Yeah. but he doesn't work at it and he doesn't play that often. Mm-hmm. So when he doesn't play well, it, it doesn't make sense for him to be upset about it. Yeah. I would be a hypocrite if I got upset about not playing well if I don't play well tomorrow because I don't play anymore. Like I, I, I play golf, but with everything going on in my life... The times are getting fewer and further between because that's just how life yeah. works sometimes. So if I don't play well tomorrow, I'm going to try not to get mad at myself because it would make no sense to get mad. But I'm still going to kick your ass. Um, <laughs> uh, my, my final thought, really excited to see what's going to happen in, over the next week plus yep. uh, with the trade deadline. I'm very Every day I'm like looking to see like if there's any rumors because that Fujinama, Fujinami trade came out of nowhere for me. Yep. Uh, I was like, I was. It's funny. My buddy and I were sitting there on Wednesday night talking about what moves the Orioles can make. And he goes, "Oh, breaking news! Orioles trade trade for reliever Fujinami." I was like, "Oh, what the hell?" And ever since then, it's just like that was such like an adrenaline rush. Like, oh, they got somebody. I want to see what happens. I'm really excited. No, no. Are they going to bring a baton? Maybe, maybe not. Maybe. Are they going to bring in a starting pitcher? I certainly hope so because they need one more guy. I think the bullpen actually might be okay right now. I'm very intrigued to see how CNL Perez looks from here on out. Yeah. I said to somebody when he came in um, in his first game back the other day and he was terrible. I said to somebody, I was like, I'm not judging him off of this game because yeah. it's his first game back. If his next game is like this, that's when I'm going to start judging him. And he was dominant last night. He yeah. looked like like 2020 yeah. 
to CNL Perez. So see how he does. See how Fuji does in the in the, in the bullpen. What moves do the Orioles have up their sleeves? It's got to be something because you know they are they are so close, and it feels so good to say they're so close. This is an awesome time to be a Baltimore sports fan. Training camp starts yeah. next week. It's about to get super fun in Baltimore yep. for the next uh, several months. So um, it's already been fun. Thank you so much for tuning into the bat around today. Thank you to Arrestus Estrada. Always love talking baseball with O on the show. Awesome to have him on. Thank you for John to Jonathan Mayo. Another great segment. I love talking to Jonathan Mayo. He's just a good dude to speak with. All the guys over at MLB Pipeline, him, Jim Tallis, just just great guys to talk with and super nice and personable. So thank you to him for coming on. Thank you to all of our sponsors. Without you, we don't have a show. Thank you to all of our listeners and fans. Without you, we definitely don't have a show. Guys, enjoy this awesome series with the Rays. Hopefully, the Orioles can get a win today to take some pressure off tomorrow. Going to be tough against Shane McClanahan. Um, game starts at 410 today. McClanahan versus Grayson Rodriguez. Gas them up, boys. Until next week, see ya!